Welcome to episode 388 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 388 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Okay, Bevan. Dealing with my, my post-quake uh, stress over here. Oh, I tell you what, middle of the night. What Boom. time was it? Yeah, I think it was about 11.30. Oh, was it only that? I think so. Man, like it was, it was one of those quakes because you, when, you, when you live in a quake city, you kind of get used to your quakes. It's been mm. a while since we have had a good one, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And uh, it just kind of went off. I grabbed Joe. So I'm, I'm, I'm a protector, John. This yeah, one, yeah, I protect yeah. my lady. And uh, I grabbed Joe, and it, luckily it kind of just hit hard and then dropped away. But it felt mm. like it was going to go a lot bigger, didn't it? Because mm. even Rumble, did you hear it? Yeah, it was a good one. Oh, man, we're tough we are, aren't we? We are. There's no denying it. Did you, did you grab Blender? Of course I did. Protector that you always, are? Always, always. Or did yeah. you push her away? And, and went for a wee, came out for <laughs> 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 Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofwire.com. The world's best coffee. There you go. I've, I've made that statement. Athlinks.com. The world's best social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. The world's best lactic, lactic buffer. Training peaks. The world's best place to put your stats. And SLS try. And the world's best try gear. It's official team. They're the world's best. Mm. In today's show, we have, what do we have? We've got a bit of news. We've got, John, I see we brought out the joke of the week. Oh, yeah. It's an oldie. Yeah, and I'm not going to say if it's a goodie. An oldie and a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got an age group of the week. We've got high five. We've got website of the week. And we've got questions and answers. So let's get straight into it, guys. We've got some news. And um, so Twitch had a bit of a post on about a t-shirt promotion they're doing. Not really a promotion, a fundraiser they're doing for... The Philippines or Iron Man are doing it, but they're kind of doing a bit of promo through Slow Twitch. So what's the story here, John? So I thought it was um, good on yeah, good on Iron Man for getting in behind here. So you can buy a T-shirt for thirty bucks US, and all the money basically goes to the uh, an agency in the Philippines. And man, I mean, we, we're just talking about the quakes here, and it was pretty rough here for a while. But in comparison oh, to what, it's, it's nothing. Like, we didn't have power or water for quite a while. And, no, but, they, but they, they, they're was, destroyed, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Did you watch the news last night? No. On the news last night, they had um, some camera footage of this guy who who got some amazing footage of it. Mm. He's on the top story of, like, this building, and mm. the water is mm. just, like, oh, it's, man, phenomenal. So those guys are absolutely screwed over there. Yeah, they really are. It's a good on um, WTC for, again, sort of, um, you know, Stepping up the plate uh, again for our earthquakes down here. They 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 dipped into their own pocket here and put a whole bunch of money in and 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 they're you know just using their influence to to help out a great cause. So if you want to get involved with that, um, we'll have a link on our website. I'm sure they've got it on in the store on Iron Man. I went and tried to buy a t-shirt, but then I couldn't be bothered paying all the shipping and all that. So I actually went straight to the the charity and donated some money there. Sure. And I was I just had to. Triple check a few times the amount because it was in Philippine pesos. Oh, pesos. So it's cost you a million dollars, did it? It was like fifteen hundred, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna triple check. I'm yeah. making sure I get this right." And it was okay. So because uh, you donated twenty cents, so yeah, twenty cents. <laughs> so if you want to help out, so you know, get yourself a t-shirt and uh, and it goes to a good cause because those guys are pretty screwed. And triathlon's really big over in the Philippines. I went and did the race there. Um, 
must have been about 2,000 or so, and it was in Cebu, which I think is a pretty badly affected area, and uh, it's cool, man, they're really into their triathlon, and and, and, and they have 70.3s over there, and um, they're right into it, so yeah, if you can help them out, it's only 30 bucks. Exactly, so there you go, mm. do it. Go get your t-shirt. Do it. It's a, it's a great it, course. I know it breaks your t-shirt rule, have you, have you changed your... No, because I, Joe and I actually give away 10% of our money to charity, Right. and so I could put it under my charity. So that can go, that, that won't go into my $25 t-shirt rule, John. Right. And what's been really interesting with my $25 t-shirt rule is that inflation... I've had that rule for 10 years, John, mm-hmm. and it still works. Nice. I thought by now it'd be a $30 t-shirt rule, mm-hmm. but no. You can always, this t-shirt here, John. Yeah. $5. Nice. Haynes. Haynes. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good good brand. Five bucks. I'm in Arizona, John. What happened? Well, you got to say, Victor Del, Del Corral is a bit of a bloody legend. Yeah, two weeks, it was, no, it's not quite two weeks in a row. I think Florida was a couple of weeks. It was only a couple of weeks ago. It was, oh, was it him who did that super fast race? And he's backed it up and absolutely smoked it again. Joel, where is he in Kona? Why isn't he in Kona? Well, let's just have a look at those splits, and that explains it pretty quickly. Swam 54 minutes. Uh. And so he, Jordan Rapp is a guy in Kona who loses quite a bit of time, and he was nearly a minute and a half behind him. And we look at, say, Meredith Kessler, who is is probably, you know, around about um, – Main pack guys, sort of, sort of ability. And what did she swim? Where has she gone? She swam. She 50. swam fifty minutes. So she's four minutes down. Uh, he's four him. minutes, yeah. four minutes down. So he's got no show in Kona, except for maybe doing a bit of a. You know, who, who was the guy that the Belgian Bart Arnotts? You know, he he can run through the field. Maybe run up to. I can't remember where he ran up to this year, but maybe a fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh at yep. very best if you have a legendary bike ride. So. I think unless he sorts that swim out, um, he's what would not it take John? You know, this guy here, he can obviously ride and run pretty well. He he rode a four twenty, he ran a, a two fifty three, a forty three. Sorry, so you know, pretty decent athlete. You know, mm. and obviously can back it up and be pretty consistent in some pretty big races. You know, you're four minutes behind what would be considered a main pack kind of swimmer, not a top swimmer. Mm. But if you can get in that main pack in Kona, you're going to be doing okay. What what does it take? Because I'm you know I'm sure Victor's bloody working on his swimming. Mm. What what would it take for a guy like him to lose four minutes? Because when you're that good, four minutes is a big jump, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's massive. And some some people just will never get it. You know, if I, I don't think if you swam your if you swam ten times a week, I don't think you'd get there. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, again, you look at someone it's like my big shoulders. <laughs> you, you look at someone like Gordo. He did that ten sessions a week. He didn't get there. He sort of got there where he can make it in a. Uh, sort of a Ironman New Zealand type race, you know, he'd maybe yep. come out with someone like me out of the swim. Um, but you know, if, if you go Kona. to Kona, no, no chance whatsoever. Who has ever done it? Because uh, surely, you know, who's not been a swimmer and, and you know, and had races where they haven't performed a swimmer? And then- Marino, he sort of almost got there. Uh, I mean, he came out here years ago. Um, would have been 98, 99 and I raced him a few times and like I did uh, beat him I beat Marino well I don't doubt that John the Timaru Triathlon and I, uh, yeah, lovely. Pretty, yeah. Uh, I would have put you know three, four minutes into him over 1500 metres so he really? got there so then, so there, there are but then again that's 13 years ago isn't it yeah So and he's he's not a main pack swimmer now he's sort of second pack so there are guys that, that have done it but it depends how old I don't know how old Victor Del Corral is like Marino then would have been you know, yeah, early twenties. Yeah, uh, so yeah, 
if I was in his shoes, would you go to Kona? Probably not. I'd probably go off and do. Always won two races in, and, in the months since, isn't he? Yeah, but pretty impressive. Fifty-four swim average, four twenty on the bike. He's losing six minutes there to Jordan Rapp, but Jordan Rapp is a very strong cyclist. And then ran two forty-three. He was on target at halfway. I think he went through in about one eighteen. So really? in theory, you could say he's on target from one thirty-six, but faded a bit and uh, didn't quite get that sub eight. Finished in eight oh two. Jordan Rapp was second, uh, still you know pretty respectable. Ran two fifty four, eight oh six, and then Jens Peterson Bach in third, eight oh seven. And I've got to say, um, quite pretty good racing by a lot of pros here. You know, a lot of fast times. We go down to say fifteenth place, and it's still eight twenty four, eight twenty eight. And I know it's a pretty fast course, but that's still pretty yeah. pretty good going. That's that's that's, that's not bad. Good. And then uh, I'll give us a things. Well, a couple of guys that I thought might have done a bit better. Uh, Richie Nichols, um, who was lighting up the 70.3 circuit earlier this year. He seemed to struggle on the bike, only rode 4.39 and then came home in the 2.54. So he was in 13th place. And the other one that I was sort of uh, saying to keep a lookout for was uh, my IT, Team ITU, Matt Charbot. Uh, he was only in 23rd with an 8.39 and he ran a 3.16. So. How much of the ITU problem, John? You know, because your, your theory isn't really coming to fruition <laughs> yet. Not, is it? No. But do you think, how, come, how much it is, is do you think these guys just don't know how to train, race slow? Uh <clears throat> I'm not sure. I, like, I don't know, because when you think about the game, ITU is a much more technical game. Mm. It's a much more speed play game. Mm. Um, pack riding as well. So, you know, it, it, mm. there's a mo- lot they more. Ride up, when they say pack riding, people think they doodle around. They oh, ride no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's not. Mm. The, and, and we've seen power files of guys who have done, mm. you know, done pack rides in ITU and then done draft free ITU distances. And in, if anything, they worked harder in the pack. Yeah. So, so we know that. But. You know, why is it so hard? Because I, I, I understand your faith, your theory. These guys are fast, are better machines. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So if you, in theory, if you put two machines next to each other, the better machine should win. But it's a different sport, different kind of game. But we're not really seeing, you know, by now after the Olympics, we probably should have expected to see a few more of the I2 guys start to dominate a little yeah. bit more. And it's not really happening. So I, don't know, I just think they're not, maybe they don't have the mental fortitude just to go out there and just, ride at that slightly uncomfortable pace for, for long periods of time. Like they can put you know, yeah. pull themselves inside out to smash it for, like, for, for an hour. Yeah. But to do that for, for five hours and have that control, I guess that, I don't know, we need to get a few more of them on and um, see what's yeah, going maybe on. We should, maybe we should get one of those kind of ITU guys who, who maybe we yeah. across hey, really well. How you doing, mate? Why, uh, why aren't you performing? Yeah, yeah, you did really well. Short sure, course, you shit at long yeah. course. What, what's happening here, mate? Shut yeah. up. Yeah. It's just really interesting because I, I get why you believe the ITU guys should mm. be dominating. And by now, I thought it would be happening. But mm. we haven't. Re- who's been the best ITU guy well, since the Olympics? Bevan's switched over pretty nicely. Yeah, and, he'd be the only one, but wouldn't and he? And then um, Dirk Bockel, I can't remember. He wasn't at London. Uh, but you have, if you look through, you have got a bunch of guys, but not as many. Um, you haven't, yeah, outside of Bevan, you haven't had any real rock stars of yeah. seriously made the switch. Ivan Rana, he's doing okay, but he was he was pretty legendary in his day. Was he? Yeah, in short so, course. Um, yeah, I don't, if, if, if I had a good answer for you, Bevan, I'd. I'd it's hurting, it's hurting you, isn't it? It's hurting. Yeah, it's, it is. it's hurting. I got gill side of things. Girl side of things, Meredith Kessler looked like she had the race um, wrapped up, fairly well wrapped up after the swim on the bike. She had a little bit of a lead over Michelle Vestibu, who she normally runs a little bit better than. And but Julia Geiger came through nicely. 
with 302. She swam 53, so she was a bit down. She lost, she rode 451, so lost another six minutes to Meredith Kessler. And then ran a 302 versus Meredith Kessler and Michelle Vestibu's 316s, and she took it in 8.52.49. That's a pretty solid time. Remember when three-hour marathons for chicks were just unbelievable? Mm. Remember, you know, like we used to talk about, oh, man, three hours, it's smoking. And Stock standard now. Yeah, like it, like it, it's interesting how sports evolved, isn't it? Because mm. 302, that, that's a smoke <laughs> and run, you know, that's, that's going for it. Mm. And... Uh, you know, it, it doesn't get the same level of respect nowadays, does it? No, you also got Imar Mulan from I think she's from Ireland down there in two, four, six, seventh, sixth place. She ran a three oh four, and the girl behind her, Lisa Reeves, ran three oh five. So a number of girls putting out pretty pretty impressive runs. But anyway, three girls under nine hours. So Meredith Kessler was second in eight fifty five, and Michelle Westerbu is eight fifty seven. So those two girls are probably more or less book their tickets for Kona now with their Kona points and with a with a solid race there. I'm sure they'll go off and do, you know, Meredith Kessler will do probably five million races between now and Kona, but um, if she didn't want to and just wanted to do 70.3s, then she'd probably have it um, locked and loaded already. Okay, Trenzo Brazzoni is on the 70.3 roll, John. He's won another 70.3. He won the Shepparton. Shepparton half Ironman and pretty much smoked it. Three minute little win. Just, just, just missed out on the course record, apparently. Good so, to see him back, isn't it? Yeah, back on on good form. You know the guys he's beating there. They're not um they're not sort of podium seventy point three world championship standard, but um Josh Amberger and James Hodge, a couple of decent little up and coming Australians. So pretty solid. Came home in a one fifteen fifty nine, and apparently what was pretty pretty solid conditions. Also, I got a uh, a, a picture sent through to me. Oh, is it from Matt? No, no, oh. uh, of one of the draft uh, penalty oh, boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like standing room only. There was people like packed, you know, there was massive queue at the back of the box. So in Australia, <laughs> they bust people for drafting. They, they have a lot of races that are flat and they get draft fests and well, stuff. Well, so they should, John. Look at this photo people. here. Look at this photo here. Where's the view? Look at that. Wait a second. So Matt Bin sent through an, an email just saying, look, the drafting in Shepparton was a joke. It's particularly in the 30, 34 age group. Now, I don't know if there's much drafting happening in that photo, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a draft fest. It's just, you've got it. We've just got to go to wave starts. I don't know. Maybe it was wave starts. I don't know. but Probably not in a 70.3. Who knows? But something's got to happen because, guys, imagine a big, 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 pack of people riding in a group that's what we're seeing right here and it's just dangerous as well because i've seen those sort of packs like i remember going and watching the gold coast uh, world champs that go on gold coast a few years ago and there was packs like if, if not even closer than that like they were basically you know it was like a peloton and uh everybody's on aero bars and and tt bikes and most of them can't handle a bike to save themselves and boom somebody comes down you just hear yeah. this clattering oh. carbon what's the worst crash you've ever had an uh, individual, no, a, a team time trial with um, the second person in the line f- crashing over, and uh, we all piled over the top of it oh. about fifty k now. Did you did you smash yourself? No, no, I think I was okay. Did it go slow motion on you? I can't remember. That was a long time ago. Oh, was it? Yeah. Ooh. I'm lucky. I never really hit any bad. Although, John, look at this. Look at this. Wait. Bit of suntan. Cycling tan, John. I went for a bike ride porno. Mm. We were a bit naughty, actually. You know what we did? We did about oh, maybe about three hours of riding, and we rode up around. Cooper's Knob, mm-hmm. and then we were along Summit, and we climbed over the fences. Citizens arrest. I know. Show's <laughs> over. A bloody speeding ticket turned up. <laughs> oh, did you not get away off it? No. How much? 
and it's only 80 bucks. So I was quite, I sort of almost felt like I had a win out of that. Nice. How fast were you going? 114. I, was, I thought it was supposed to be 100. The guy said at the time, 140, 160 bucks. I thought, bug of that. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh, did you get pulled over? Mm. Mm. See, if we got pulled over, it would have been 5,000 each. Oh, yeah, yeah. We climb through the barriers. There's barriers up in the hills. There's a road called Summit Road in Christchurch. And when the quakes happened, and now thinking about that quake this morning, it was probably not the wisest move. No, it was not. There's there's a road, and seriously, it's probably only about half a K, but boulders (laughs) across this road. Mm. And we were saying, if we die right now, we'll be in those Darwin Awards. Mm. But we were like, oh, it hasn't been a quake in a long time. Well, this morning. Yeah, so we survived, but... Good to see. Yeah, we rebels we are. Jombo, Team TBB, what's happening to you? It's falling to pieces, Bevan. It's falling well, to pieces. We're going to find out if it really is falling to pieces or not. I'm going to get Alex Bock on the show. I emailed him yesterday and he replied, said he's happy to come on. And I don't think he's emailed back this morning, so it'll be on next week's show, hopefully. Uh, but he'll t- he, he's basically the manager of the team. And he was always kind of the brain's trust behind it, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and great guy. Really, really Yeah, he's a real nice guy. But it's... Um, so I put a post on Facebook last week. Brett Sutton put a bit of anger in this. It was happening. Did you read all the responses? Yeah, we'll go oh, vegan and someone else had a bit of a go at you. <laughs> uh, so Brett Sutton put a bit of a, a, a an interview up there where. It's Did you watch a, it? Yeah, it's not really an interview. It's basically somebody <laughs> asks a question. He talks for twenty minutes. It's how you interview Brett, but let's be honest. <laughs> and sort of explaining what he wants to try to achieve, etc. Et what were your thoughts on it, John? Um, I think some. I'm going to pull up somebody's thoughts first. It, it, it's, it all sounds a little bit crazy and sort of really out there, but sometimes the craziness is a, is a good thing. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I get what he's trying to do. I just don't know if he's the right person to be doing it, and and also who he's going to have behind him. So it's great having ideas, but you got to have the plans on how you're going to implement those ideas. And it's very much what he says he's got at the moment is he's got this vision of where he wants to be, but he doesn't really know necessarily how he's going to get there. Yeah, that was the thing. So you watch it and he, um, you know, like he's got some pretty good points and he's got some pretty good arguments and he's kind of trying to take the sport back to what's important for the sport and about looking after the people and being, you know, a a good person for your community mm. and really thinking that triathlon can have a big impact on society around health and stuff like that. So his message is awesome. Then towards the end of the interview, he kind of talks about implementation and it gets a bit fluffy there. You know, mm. well, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but you know, you, you know, kind of we'll get some money and we'll sort it out as we go. And, and that's not much of a sales pitch if you ask me. Yeah. You know? and, and so he's sort of asking for people, give a hundred bucks and, and we'll, be, we'll be away sort of thing. And, uh, you know, there's X thousands of people doing triathlon. I just need a, a few few of those people to chip in. And uh, we've actually got a, a bit of a, a, some information on how many people are actually doing the sport later on in the show. So... Yeah, if they got a hundred bucks each, that actually be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, um, do you want to read some things or do you want to talk about it first? Um, what was I going to say? I just, you know, at the end of the day, what we do... As we swim, bike, and we run, and you, how is he really going to make that massively different? And I just, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Okay, well, let's talk the things first, and then we'll go back to that. So, we, Gary, good old John Newsom, put a post up. He said, "Would you put a hundred bucks up?" And Fegan, who's a bit of a fan of Soto's, was definitely in. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Thatcher said, "I'd bet a hundred bucks that nothing comes from Soto's plans." Sorry, he doesn't <laughs> have a plan. He's just, it's just a vision, which is a fair, fair comment at this point, except when he does have a plan, start a team in Mexico, etc. So a vision and a plan or not, please send $100. James Hartwright, nope. 
uh, not without something less vague. Also, I don't ride a $15,000 bike and $100 is not a token amount. Give it to the Philippines to help them rebuild after this typhoon instead. Mark uh, Kethcart has got, I understand his complaint and position and entirely support it. See my comments on the slow twitch piece on his resignation. I have no idea why he thinks he can do with, you know, $10,000 times, or 10,000 times $100 though. You can put it on regional races and pay decent prize money with that. Back when it appeared that the doc was proposing to buy WTC from Providence, I offered to pay the seed money to fund an acquisition specialist to develop a business case. If you know any, if anyone knows what doc really plans to do, let us know. Wow, that was a pretty good offer. Martin Holden, this is where it all got messy. Martin Holden just decided to slam Brett Sutton. They were all established athletes. What's to say, what's to say he made any difference? So, so he didn't wasn't really commenting on uh, on. So he on was basically pants. saying that Sutton yeah. took on people who were already really good and took all the credit, basically. And that's where Fagan started coming back at him yeah. and bang, slamming, bang, bang, punch, bang, 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 up a higher hook, lip punch. And I've got to say, Martin, I do have to agree with Fegan on this one. A lot of those athletes were not established or they were all washed up and he managed to turn them out. So I don't, I can, I don't think anybody can dispute how good a coach he is. But this isn't really about the coaching side of things. No, no, no. And his no. coaching methods don't work for everybody and he's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. But if you look at his record, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, he's definitely – definitely. Um, Frank Houdini saying yes – and uh, and then someone said so Matt Selwood's got if someone else is running it I'm afraid Brett is pretty difficult unpredictable unstable not sure he's the person to entrust anything to really uh, Matt Tench if my rudimentary understanding of private equity companies serves me well don't wow that's <laughs> just that statement you win don't they try to build up companies into a state of profitability and then look for an exit strategy would it be so crazy to look for a beer carrier who is considered an icon in your target market to create a buyer in a market where, let's be honest, there are not so many likely buyers. If that sounds crazy, remember this is the company that brought you the iron mattress. And in the words of Sato himself, you can't out-psych a psycho. Sutton and mind games, never. Okay, John, so would you put 100 bucks into it? Uh... I'd be I'd be pretty close, but I, I I'd need some more plans of where this is actually going rather than just some. I think you're right. Rather I, some vision. Like if we look at Team TBB, it seemed to work because and, and like I know nothing about the. You know, this is a real generalization based on not much information. So it's a, it's a, it's going to be a great great nugget of knowledge, mm. but but really when we look at it, it was it was almost like because you had a good team of people behind the scenes. Like Alex is a pretty smart businessman, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And there's a professionalism and, and, you know, I'm sure Alex brought a lot to their product that made it pretty successful. And then you had, as you said, you had kind of like Brett, the ideas, big picture guy mm. happening there and, you know, and, and I think that Brett needs to align himself with someone like Alex again mm. and there needs to be someone behind the piece because you watch Brett and, and again I watched it and I thought well yep definitely he's bringing up some interesting points and interesting points around the value that triathlon can have to society and you know we want to encourage and get as much out of that as possible and then when it got to the implementation it was just it's a bit weak mm-hmm. there's no real vision there is no real and I don't think you, you put that YouTube clip out until you actually have something mm. you know and, and that's something there where if you had a bit more of a business mind behind you or you had that guy behind you the implementer who would say wait Brett yep. you know you're always going to get a lot of interest let's not waste this opportunity mm. let's actually use this opportunity to, to then go okay now go to this site and here's what we've done mm. and 
at this stage, I don't think I'll be putting my money into it because it, it just seems it's a bit meh. But, yeah. but if it was a bit more professional and there was a real clear definition, I'd definitely mm. chuck a hundred bucks at it because yeah. I do think there's some good stuff that our sport is missing. And I think what a lot of us don't realise is the good work that team TBB are yeah, doing. Like we, we look at team, a lot of people look at team TBB and they'll think Caroline Stephan, they'll think Mary Beth Ellis, I think, you know, the rock stars that are out there getting the coverage. But if you delve a bit deeper and see some of the work that they were doing, what it looks like they were doing, you know, in terms of their development, their whole program was about development and social causes. And yeah, we've got a few rock star athletes there, but that did not seem necessarily to be their priority, but that's what they got their coverage for. So um, yeah, I think. Yeah, the, a team TBB was was really different to any other team that's been out there, and it was pretty impressive. So, well, the other thing we've got to think about here is, you know, like the the split that's happened is obviously been that there's been disagreements in philosophy or, or direction of team TBB, mm. and and it does make Brett come across as a bit volatile, mm-hmm. you know, and and we don't know the whole story. We can't, you know, who knows, but. Again, if you're going to try back someone, are you going to back someone who comes across as a bit volatile? Mm. And that, that could be something, you know, Brett's brilliant in some ways, but then he's also his own worst enemy in other ways. And mm. and it, it, sometimes in life, it's the perception that you create. Mm. And if we look at Brett, he may actually not be that volatile. Maybe he's actually quite a sturdy character to work with. But the perception to the outside world right now is that he's quite volatile. Mm. And that's, you know, he if he wants to work towards creating a product that people are going to invest money in, he needs to think about how he's going to come across as more professional and less volatile, which that might be a struggle for him. It's interesting because for so long, nobody knew anything about Brett Sutton. You mm. know, they knew the stigma that, and they knew you know, he was a legendary coach. And, and, he, and, and, and the he, incident. Yeah, and he used to just get the best out of his athletes and there was all these sorts of stories of crazy stuff. And when we first had our interview with him, like not many, there hadn't been many interviews out no. there done. And uh, now there's been quite a bit coming out, and he's got on all his Twitter and all that sort of stuff as well. And uh, and then he's right out there, and I I don't know, might have been better to be the old Brett and just again not not be the mouthpiece and sort of feeding your ideas into someone else. Anyway, we'll see where it goes. Um, so Jody Swallow and James Kanana are also leaving the team, and and doesn't and they're not so being coached much- by. Do you have, oh, they're not going to be coached by? No, I don't. I don't. That's what the press release didn't imply that they were being coached by Brittany Moore. They're going to be doing some other stuff. Mary Beth Ellis, who I was emailing yesterday, she's staying with the team, um, but she is being going to be coached by Siri Lindley. Um, okay. So it sounds like you know you'll still be part of the team, and obviously a lot of the athletes were being coached by Brett. But now it's sort of you're part of the team, but you can sort of do your own gig. And Mary Beth Alice was laying, uh, she said one of her high priorities for 2014 is to check me in Kona. Well, and, and to be honest, John, I'm going to put my money on her. <laughs> and I, my reply was, well, if you win the race, I'll be happy for you to check me. Yep, that's for sure. And uh, Mr. Valo is leaving as well, which is a big big loss for them because Valo has been a big part of their team from day is. one, really, hasn't it? Yeah, so. But again, if we could look at, like I read the, the press release that um, Team TBB put out there about Cervello leaving, and Alex was really professional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he's gutted to have lost the Valley. They're they're a pretty, you know, they're, I'm sure they're a pretty good sponsor to have on board. Mm. And you know, but he wrote it was very professional. It was you know, and there was a professionalism that came alongside that. And it, for me, if Brett's going to try create something, he needs to get that professionalism in place first, mm. and then start telling the world about what <coughs> he's doing. That's right. And anyway, you, Gary and uh, who was the other guy who had the fight? 
Martin. Martin. Just have a virtual hug. Yeah. You Cuddle. Know? Love not war. Yeah. Love not war. John. Hopefully Fagan's not that volatile. He's coming on the camp next year. Well, I watch you. Open a can of bloody. Uh, we'll pass on you. Yeah. Yeah. You got down, Newsom. And uh, remember the old. And, uh, uh, Epic Camp. Yeah. There was one time in Epic Camp, we won't name names, <laughs> yeah. but we had a pretty tough day out on the bike. It was a pretty. Epic Camp, you can get a little bit stressed, can't you, John? Yeah. Because you're working pretty hard. And there was one day in particular. Where it was going down the west coast across uh, Franz Joseph, like halfway through the camp, tired, and and someone dropped someone. Yeah, and uh, and the person who got dropped wasn't that happy about it. Was were they, John? A volatile character, a bit of a volatile character, and they went at the other person, didn't they? (laughs) And to be honest, if I was going to go at someone, I wouldn't go at the person this person went at because (laughs) this person's a bit of a solid character. Yeah, and uh, got a little bit got got pretty close. Yeah, and luckily nothing came. Yeah. But it was very entertaining, wasn't it? Running around with bike cleats on and yeah. stuff and slipping over yeah. and slapped. Love not war, John. <laughs> yeah. Love not war. Anyway, Bevan, you said you went out riding with Sean o the Porno last weekend. We and did. If you go out with him this weekend, I can't, I'm away. look out. Why is that? Is he on you're extreme endurance? You're not away this weekend. You're oh, no, I'm more. back for your Sunday morning. Don't yeah, worry about that. Yeah. Uh, he's picked those extreme endurance sitting in my letterbox for him to pick up today and he's going to be opening a can of whoop ass. I, I actually think he's probably going to go like, Hundred percent faster. I think so. You know, he won't. He'll be. He won't even walk over those boulders. He'll fly over them. He job. will. So, any of you Kiwis need some extreme endurance, or I've also got some of the. Uh, is, that, is that your delivery mechanism? Is yeah, it? Yeah, brown paper bag. <laughs> uh, <I've>, your people, <laughs> your your neighbours will think you're a drug dealer. People just go to your letterbox, pick out a brown bag. It's. Um, it's, it's our kids collect the mail, and Thomas always comes running in when I leave things in the box. There's something here for you, Dad. <laughs> put it back. Put it back. Um, I've also got some of the immune vi- immune vital if people want any of that. But uh, if any of you guys are having any intestinal issues with your training or racing, they've also got uh, extreme gut endurance, and it's a high potency, broad spectrum probiotic. And I've been using probiotics lately. Twenty four ninety five. I'd like. I should get on my probiotics. Mm. We give Thomas probiotics pretty much every day. Well, you know how I've been sick over the last few weeks. The, mm. the, 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 and how are you? Um, ninety five percent. I still yeah. got a bit of a cough, but I'm. Just, you know, I haven't coughed yet. Have I? Tag, tag me in. I'm getting sick. Whole family's oh, sick. Yeah. I'm getting it. I probably gave it to you. Yeah. I'll tell Belinda that yeah. she'll be around here and yeah. beat the living crap out. I of imagine you. when the whole family's sick. It's not a good place yeah, to be. It's not because everyone who who loves on you. Yeah. That's where Joe was a legend, man. I was sick and she just loved the crap out of me. And I was like, oh, I've got a good woman. Whereas when everyone's sick, what do you do? Yeah, we just sit Kids down. Kids come first, I suppose, don't sit they? Sit down and watch sport. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so if you want to get yourself some gut endurance, if you've been having gastro issues uh, in, in racing or training, you're sick of it, you can't figure it out, you've tried all different sorts of things, give it a crack. It's only twenty four ninety five. Remember, you use the code IMTALK5 and you get five bucks off, so get your extreme. If you're going to be ordering some extreme endurance, get on that and throw in a bit of gut endurance to help your little tummy get itself sorted out as well. So check it out, xendurance.com. Check, check. And they've got other supplements, guys, so maybe if you're doing one order, save yourself a bit of money on shipping, check out all the other products. You might get some some fish oil or some extreme endurance, and, you know, and kind of get three or four things at once, it will save you a bit yeah, of money. Mega 1000, the joint four, if you've, uh, if you've got those little arthritic pains starting to kick in. I am... I am Getting arthritis? Start, no, I'm not. I am starting to worry about... Uh, Further down the track, when things start to really ache and pain, get aches and pain. Yeah, you got to go. Surely our bodies are going to be screwed when we're like sixty. Mm. Surely, who knows? 
Because I kill my body every day. You know what you're, I mean? You're like, different to me. <laughs> what do you mean? You go high intensity a lot. Yeah, I do. High impact. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't actually think there's so much high impact nowadays. I'm kind of trying to preserve my body as I, yeah. as I move into the third trimester of my career. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Jumbo discussion of the week. So we're working on our book that we're going to be putting out in about three weeks, and uh, the book is going to be the fundraiser for Kona. Going to get a Pulitzer Prize, I reckon. Pulitzer Prize, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. It's- yeah I, I agree. Yeah. Do we get the credit or do they get the credit? Well, we get 50%. Credit. Okay. With that, I'll begin with that. This week's discussion, so we're working on the book. We're adding a second question to our Kona book. And the question that we want to, you guys to give us tips on is how to race well in the iconic Ironman triathlons the World Championships. So we're trying to get Kona-specific tips rather Jeez, John wouldn't get much on this one. It was weak and some of them were not super specific to actual races. Wow, we only got nine. Yeah. That's poor. Yeah, what about all you Kona racers out there? We'll kick off with the best one of the lot that I thought was from Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth, who raced in Kona uh, this year just been, and had a really solid Did day. he? How did he go? Uh, what did Murray do? It was like maybe 10, 20, or 10, oh, nice. something like that. Murray's sort of, he's 50, yeah, he just, just turned 50. So he didn't want anyone to know that, John. Sorry? He was trying well, he, to he's he's look 30. He's, he's at a big 50th this year because he qualified. He came over to my Kona camp, did the 70.3 at the end of the camp and qualified there. Did he? he went back to Kona and did it again. That was a legend. So anyway, he uh, had some great tips. Stay oh, cool. I can't even see him here. Oh, he, oh, he emailed the email, that's right, yeah. He's on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, stay cool till after school by grabbing water at the start and end of every aid station on the bike and squirting over your face, arm, necks, body. Then on the run, grabbing two cups of ice at every aid station to go under your cap, down your top and shorts, in your mouth, in your pockets, in palms, uh, in Torbjorn, Sinbali style, long white arm cooler sleeves. John's, these are the secret weapon from DeSoto, along with cold sponges and water bottles, then combine with pace control throughout. You can do a PB run and negative split running down Palani at 3 minute 40k. Really? So, yeah, Murray's key message there is take every opportunity you can to keep yourself cool. It's a good idea to do it at the beginning and end as well, because you can get it at the beginning, tip it over yourself, and then get another one, which you can use. Paul Dean's got, we are tri-specific trainers with drainage. I didn't, and I was waterlogged after a couple of aid stations on the runs, equals blisters. Sure. Good point, actually. Sean Barnes, who's the, the great Kona veteran that he is, is giving out Kona advice. Nice. Yep. Do you want to know the porno? He has raced that race a lot of times. Yeah, he won it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Back in 83. Uh, don't get caught up in the hype. Uh, get your happy get your happy place and be aware of potentially getting dragged into the hoopla. That's nice. Uh, Rob Gray's got, get very familiar with how the your bike handles in gusty winds. Using your exact race day setup, that's a good point actually. And, and those real crosswinds, eh? You've got to get used mm. to crosswinds, I think, is probably to take it even further. Definitely. Mandy Miller, try, if possible, to down your gels with cold water. Leads to faster gastric emptying, fewer tummy trumbles, easier on the run as they have ice in cups, but take that first icy water gulp on the bike right after the gel, if possible. Really helps. Interesting. Matt Harrop has got um, do the pre do the heat prep 30 minutes on the sauna with no fluids every day after training for seven days during the taper arrive 10 days out so that wasn't sort of a race no, specific one no. but it was a preparation one that's a good I think pretty sure Matt might have been coached by John Hellman's in the past and that's a that's a real Hellman's sort of thing yep uh, righty ho are you going to go Swanee 
Oh, I haven't seen Swanee's one. Okay, use a fuel belt. Just fill it up in transition before you go into your run. The fluid will roast in the bag overnight and taste like a horse pee. If you don't, that's a good point. Yes. Um, I struggled with holding the straight line on the descent from Howie. Terenzo told me to look at the wheel in front of me and follow the line, which does work, although... On the practice, it is terrifying. So, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then ride in the middle of the road for when the gusts come. Don't rush into the water. Oh, this is tip number three. Don't rush into the water too early. It seems like it was treading water for ages. There is nowhere to stand. Plus, it's a good point. There are millions of people out there. Wait until well after the girls start the swim and get out there just before the start. And lastly, number four, don't leave your Garmin on your bike so when you run, uh, you have no watch to rely on. Ask spectators for times, figure out how fast you're going. It's a good point as well. It's a good point about getting in the water, isn't it? People get in the water. Really, I was going to put a tip in there about that, but people do seem to get in the water incredibly early. Yeah, and yeah. it's even it's become a lot worse, I think, since the pros have start, had that separate cause it, start. Because yeah. people see them going, that's still like half an hour before before you're ready to start. So. Yes, you don't want to be so far back that you can't actually get to the front line if that is your strategy. It's easy enough to get through. Swimming, it's easy to walk, it's, work your way through, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a pretty wide berth in terms of that start. So unless you've got an exact position on the line that you want to get to, it's relatively okay getting through. Or you do the Albert Boyce technique and you swim underneath everybody. That's a sensational technique. Mm. Okay, um, Brian Joe's got don't uh, trust special needs. They're notorious for losing bags. Carry your nutrition and rely on aid stations. And Matthew Jennings, don't get sunburned and qualify to 70.3. That's nice. my plan. Charles Nickel, uh, he caught me out coming from Southern Hemisphere winter. And the run was really tough. So get there 10 days plus before the race to allow the body to adjust and perform closer to the cooler weather potential. Right, yeah. That's about it. You don't want to give Penny Collins comments? Uh, save lava java muffin eating until after the race. There we go. That's all we had, John. But we really wanted in the race specific kind of tips. So what tips are you going to give, John? So I was trying to, uh, again, I was trying to do that and trying to think, well, don't just give general tips, you know, control the pace on the bike, blah, 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 but try to actually make them kind of specific. Oh, well, you've just ruined my tip. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I think, um, so I, I had a swim, bike, and a run tip. Uh, so two tips for the swim is in Kona you tend to you often get more swells than what you might otherwise. So if you were, say, doing a Ironman New Zealand or, or a lake-based race, um, you know you might get a little bit of chop in there, but you're not going to get those swells. So if you're in the swim, uh, make sure you get used to practicing your sighting when you feel that lift and when you're at the top of the swell rather than when you're at the bottom because you won't be able to see where you're going. Nice. And the other one that was, I was trying to get specific for Kona is it's – reasonably likely that it's going to be a more competitive swim than other Ironman races you've done just because the field is more compact not necessarily like you might go and do you know again Ironman Australia and get the crap beaten out of you the whole way through the swim um, but I think the probability of you having more people around you in Kona is is higher than other races just because it's of the competitive nature I can't give any swim tips I swam in our 10 Okay, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible swim. It's a, it's a swim. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a sea swim. Yeah, but I, I swam around fifty-seven at that time, mm. and I had an hour I just shocked. I lost my goggles, mm. and then uh, it's your tip. Don't lose your goggles. Wow, yeah. <laughs> no, the tip was don't try new goggles on race day. Yeah, that was my big mistake. Oh, it's shocking swimming, Kona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my bike tips were <clears throat> similar to somewhat similar to the Holy Hammer Murray Lapworths. Is I think one of the having ridden the course quite a few times now. I've only raced there once. 
But the Kauai High Climb, which comes, must be at about 120k probably, ballpark around about there, it's just really, really tricky. It's not crazy ass steep, but it's the steepest climb on the on the entire course. But it's often very, very sheltered in terms of not, not so much wind there, and you can really overheat. So my tip on the bike would be, um, just before you're coming out of the turn from Kauai, uh, to go up Kauaiha, you've come down the, the long Harvey climb, you've got a, maybe a K or maybe two Ks of flat before you start that climb, is douse yourself in water, try to get yourself as cool as you possibly can before that climb, and then likewise when you get to the top of the climb, then you're basically turning straight onto the onto the Queen K, you don't really have much of a, a downhill, um, but again to douse yourself with water, so making sure that you have a full bottle of water to cover yourself in when you start, start that climb. And then the other one, which is more of a generalised one at all Ironman races, but probably even more so in Kona, is just have some patience on the bike because well, people go mental. I think the other thing about Kona is it, it's quite rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the course, it's you know, it's, it's not like it's a flat course, but it's not, there's just these little rollers that kind of constantly mm-hmm. come at you. And I think one important thing is to not get your heart rate up and stay in your power zones in those rollers. It's, it's easy to just want to pass people and kind of surge up those little rollers, mm-hmm. but there's a massive cost that will come on top of that. So my tip on the bike is, you know, try to work within your training zones and, and hold a nice position on your bike. Don't, you know, stay efficient. And uh, don't get your heart rate up too high on those rollers. Nice. That's cool. Just pull that on my butt. Great, great. Uh, And then my run tip is to take it easy on Palani. So for people that haven't been to Kona, you probably know Palani Hill. It's about 10 miles, 16 k's into the race. You've been up and down Ali'i Drive, which has got a few little rollers in it. Not Nothing uh, crazy, but just a few rollers. Then you come to Palani, and that's a pretty tough climb. It's, I don't know, ballpark 400 metres long. And a yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty decent gradient. I don't know what gradient it'd be, but it'd be... No, it's a good little climb. It'd be... Yeah. It'd be eight percent or so. You could ruin yourself, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Especially on the, on the, you can ruin yourself a bit on the bike, but on the run, <clears throat> you know, it's, I don't know, three, three, four minutes long. I don't know, ballpark, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. But if you try to run that hill at a reasonable pace, and you see some people smoking it, and you're thinking, "What are you thinking?" You're just going to be so hot at the top. So Pete Jacobs, I think when he run, I'm not sure if he did it when he won the race, but I think most years he generally walked that hill. A lot of other people walk the hill. But I can tell you one thing for sure, when I go up that hill, I'm going to be jogging, if not walking, yeah. and uh, just taking it very, very easily. So it's uh, a place where you can really blow your race to pieces and get overheated in a, in a big way, because I think there's an aid station at the top. don't know if there's one at the bottom, but there's certainly not one midway up. So you've got to get all the way to the top, and then you can get some aid. So chill out on Polani. Uh, my run tip would be... Keep your heart rate down, keep your pace under control. Yeah, pretty much. No, I, I think of anything, just learn, make sure you've done some technique work. Because it is kind of rolling the run again. The first half isn't, but then you kind of go up Pilani and then it's kind of slight downhill and mm-hmm. then it's a bit rolling. So I think of anything, just especially in that last part of the race when you're really starting to fade and technique kind of falls all over the place, mm-hmm. to really just kind of have done your technique work leading into the race. That would be my tip. I don't think you can, uh, I, don't, I don't think any amount of training would prepare you for going down Pilani when you're at the oh, 40 kilometre mark of the run. Imagine if you could just let go yeah, and lean and into not, it. And not just, cramp up or yeah. anything. You might face plant, but God, yeah. it would be good if you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tips for the next week. Okay, so next week what we've got, so we've done, we've done how to qualify. And um, then how to have a good race day. Yeah. Next week's tips, we've got 10 things that we've got to come up with. Um, things to do or not to do on the race week of Kona. So this can be fun things. It can be, you know, athletic things, coffee boat, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Th- yeah, anything, things. anything, anything's to do or not do 
in the race week of Kona. Underpants run, all that sort of stuff. All that kind of stuff. Okay, Jumbo. Here we go. I'm going to put some music on. Age group of the week. Okay, and good old Rob Dallymore sent through this one. I want to tell you. I want to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. A story. Hey, Here's man. a little hey, story. Hey, man. Here's a little story about a man named Brody. Brody. How did you say one, Dion? Magic. Magic. I couldn't quite figure that out because it's M A D G. I was like, what's that? Magic. Has always been a high-performance competitive athlete who, as an age grouper, often places well amongst the pro field in New Zealand races of all distances. He works full-time as a PE teacher and a year 11 dean, which means kind of like head of the year 11, um, as well as works a second job at another college a few weekends a term. He also does most housework, cooking, etc., as his his wife works long hours. Brody, I think you need to bring out the whip on your wife. I reckon, mate, you know. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I was going to go down to her job, but I'm not going to do it. Towards the end of 2012, Brody started suffering a niggling knee injury. I know the feeling. And he was badly affected by this during the Age Group World Championships in Auckland. Uh, or, Oh, yep. yeah, last year. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But still managed to battle on with one of the fastest age group bike slits, which included a spectacular crash on Baston Point. Bastion Point. Bastion Point, where he ended up upside down in a tree. Nice. And then went on to still get the fastest time. Mm. That's impressive. Brody was able to train reasonably well through summer, but couldn't race as well as he wished and was clearly affected by the pain in his knee. At the Auckland 70.3, he suffered through and destroyed his age group by 10 minutes and decided to take his Kona slot, despite knowing the knee was going to be a problem and that he was due for surgery on it in May. A couple of weeks before he went in for knee surgery, he had a nasty bike crash. He needs to learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> maybe he's a trainer ride, wheels. He can obviously ride fast. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he just gets speed wobbles. That's mm. maybe the problem. Where he landed on his face and broke his arm. Going into surgery, he was a joke of the hospital staff as he was there to get his knees fixed, but his arm was clearly the one that was injured. Once he had healed from his knee surgery in June, he started riding on the road as his tri-bike well, road bike as his tri bike was too much of a strain on his knee. His coach, Silas Cullen. Do you know Silas? Yep. Good coach. Yeah. Never heard of mm-hmm. boy, boy or girl? Boy. Oh, I've never Silas. I was just I wasn't sure. Yeah. I've never heard the name Silas before. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, had him focus more on swimming and cycling, and by July he was just managing to run a few kilometres before succumbing to the pain and having to walk home. But he was steadily getting better. He started coming out on longer rides, faster rides, with a few short runs off the bike with myself and Carl Reed. And we remember clearly the first big brick session, or the first session back, where he was in the box from the start, but battled through his seven-hour training day. It was at this point where we knew he certainly would finish, make the finish, but we were still all joking about him having to slower run than his bike. With about four weeks to go, he managed a couple of two-hour slow runs and didn't have any pain, but lacked a lot of run conditioning. His biking at this stage was very good. By the time he got to Kona, he was pretty satisfied with the fact that he could lock in to a five-minute K pace for most of the day, but would probably have to struggle a fair bit to get home. He was relieved to make the start line and appreciated just being there. He ended up having an amazing race, Jumbo, and, and seemed to find that extra level in performance, going 9.14 with a 54-minute swim, a 4.54 bike, 
and blew us away with the 3.19 run, a lot quicker than a 5-minute K pace, finishing 19th place in the age group of 35 to 39 in the second New Zealander home. Who was first? Uh, might have been Cam Hansen, who I was uh, helping out. Okay. He was about that time, maybe just in front of that. Okay. Um, the way he dug deep to get a performance that was so inspiring, and he must have looked pretty impressive, uh, pretty crappy in the far last few Ks, as the commentator at the bottom of Palami Road remarked on how hard it was to run down by saying, just look at that, how much pain Brody Magwick is in here. He must have looked pretty bad. So, to go from what was a fairly frustrating New Zealand summer season to October where he had a fantastic race after knee surgery and a broken ass is is testament to how hard he works and the great way his coach managed his issues to get him to train. I and his wife, see, this is funny names, how does that one? Is that it? He's not helping me here. Azelda. Azelda. I'm going to go with that. Okay think that he is a worthy to be announced as age group of the week, John, and I totally agree. I think what is cool about this, because I, I don't know Brody very well, but I know that he's in my age group and he can beat me. And so Oh, like really? Yeah. Is he the one who you've been talking about? That yeah. You, oh. So, so, oh, yeah. nice. So he's probably, probably almost the only age group in New Zealand that would give me any concern in my age group oh, at, really? at a race, uh, if I'm fit. What about if... Um Sheldrake. He's, he's, he's aged up. He's a crusty 40-year-old uh, now. Uh, mm. what so about he, if, Brody um, beat me uh, a couple of times. Uh, I think in Wellington he ran past me, and this was like a week after Ironman. I wasn't in great shape then, but I thought I was going okay. And uh, he ran past me and done Ironman like the week before. He did it as well? Yeah. So, so uh, you both did Ironman the week before? No, I didn't. Oh, he did Ironman the week before and he passed <laughs> he, you? He ran past me. And oh, it's not looking good, mate. So anyway, I... I um, Brody, hopefully you're not doing Auckland 70.3. Because we got that email from someone. Did you get that one of the Australian guy? Yep. John, I don't know if your seventy point three plans come into fruition. You sick? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's certainly not a done deal because I checked out that Aussie, Aussie guy and he's pretty handy. Is he? So Brody would be one that um, could kick my ass up there, but I'd say we're we're pretty similar. So whoever has a better race would probably probably take it. So I'll I'll take that one. Okay. Uh, good work, John. The Aussie guy, he looks like he could be. Yeah. If any Aussies rock up, then um, they shouldn't yeah. be allowed to, John. It's Auckland race. It's the Asia Pacific Championships. No, no, which means New Zealand. Anyway, back to my point. The reason why I think this is quite cool is Brody, whilst his time in Kona is reasonably impressive, you know, 916, if he's in peak condition, yeah, he, he probably he probably would have yeah. been like 850, 855, something like that. But the fact that he can go to a race and with a time that is no is not close to what he potentially could do and be really satisfied with that, I think is a really important lesson that, you know, sometimes you just got to go, right, well, this is a condition I'm in. And if I go out and execute that, it's not my best, but I'm pretty bloody happy well, with that. But, but at the end of the day, as an athlete, the, the, the races you feel most satisfied in are the races where you go, I did the best I could do. Mm. And Brody obviously had some conditions and some problems here that, that you know, maybe could have gone faster. But in this circumstance, he was going into this race thinking, Shit, if I can sit on five-minute Ks, I'll be happy. Mm. So to come in at 9.19 or 9.14, sorry, you know, like that's, that's phenomenal. Mm. Totally. Really so uh, nice work, Brody. And John doesn't want to give you too much love, does he? Yeah, I'll give you a bit. You don't want to give you too much confidence. No, I want to have a good race up in Auckland. Just want to kick his ass. Oh, there you go, Brady. So there you go. So hopefully that knee's better because yeah. game on. You're going to need it. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Okay, John, joke time. Oh, wait a second. Brady Magic, you are our age group of the week. week. Love your work, Jonbo. Okay, joke of the week. Now, John, 
this could be pretty old because we haven't done Joke of the Week for ages. And I just, I was, I was just grasping. I always for know we're desperate for content when Joke of the Week gets pulled yeah. out of the year. And we may have done this one before, and it may have been, it probably, it, to be honest, it was probably sent in about two or three years ago, but it was just sitting on there because it was so good I couldn't use it at the time. Good old Mick Cochran yeah. sent through, and he's got. Do you, who wants to do what bit? Um, I'll do the start. Okay, guys, I stole this one out of our Tri Club newsletter. Okay, here we go, Bevan. Why can't a bicycle stand up on its own? John, I don't know. Why can't a bicycle stand up on its own? Because it's too tired. <laughs> oh, jeepers, here we go. Well, I think that ends the joke of the week Just for segment. This week. Just well, for this okay, sponsor, John. Sponsor. Well, uh, honestly, we may have caused a few crashes right then. Yes. I think that people are probably out there on the bike right now have probably fallen off their bike in fits of laughter. I know. Have you ever wet your pants laughing? Uh, laughing? Not recently, no. No, but you have, haven't you? No. Come on, once in your I life? I wet my pants, no. It's the one ever tickled you so much. My mate Jada George, that's a good name, mate. Jada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jada George, he once tickled me so much I wet my pants. Yeah. I'm proud to admit it. Tickling is a different story. Yeah. But I have not been tickled to wetness. Wow. Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I had a visual. It's a weird visual. Okay, John, sponsor. So we mentioned it last week. Coffees oh, of, new coffee. Coffees of Wire got the new 100% Oha coffee out from the North Shore. Big monster waves in the winter. Bonsai pipeline, Sunset Beach, etc. So go to coffeesofwire.com and check it out. The 100% Bonsai. 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 You know what I thought might be interesting, Bevan? Um, lots. I thought. We know lots about Kona and the Big Island, and we've got you know we're, we're friends of Kona. Yeah, I thought, oh, what about the big? What about um, oh how you know Waikiki and the island? And is there any interesting facts there? And so I put it. So I must have done a Google search for North North Shore facts because you were asking when the when the big waves come yeah. in, and I, and I knew I was pretty sure that was over winter, and it is. And some girl said things I learnt in Hawaii from dangerous-business.com. One ordinary girl. Life's extraordinary adventures, and it had a few New Zealand references in here. But uh, she said everyone speaks with an accent. Gee, funny that. But then she said, "Is she a Kiwi?" I don't know. Hawaiians often pronounce the letter W as a V. So you you said just before Hawaii, yeah, it's supposed to be Har V. Uh, so you remember that one? Man, <clears throat> words I'm have so good at reading. Words have too many vowels. I thought New Zealand was bad when it came to hard to pronounce names, but Hawaii gives it a run for its money with words that have du- double the amount of vowels as consonants. And in Hawaii, you pronounce the vowels. For example, um, Kawai Valley, K A A A W A Valley. <laughs> yes, that's right. That is four A's. Is actually written. Uh, like this, Kahawa'ai Valley, and you pronounce it Kahawa Valley. Kahawa. Yeah. But there's a couple of other ones. There's no billboards in Hawaii. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't notice that. Hawaii is one of the four US states that bans bill- billboards. Alaska, Maine, and Vermont are the others. And no red roof for you, McDonald's. <laughs> Going along to prohibited bill- pro- uh, prohibiting billboards, certain cities in Hawaii have even gone as far as prohibiting McDonald's restaurants from having the traditional red roofs. That's Why? so well known for. I don't know, but I certainly know that from, you know, there's that the old... Oh, but it's the, crappy McDonald's. I, think it's, I don't think it's McDonald's anymore. I think McDonald's might have moved. Oh, that McDonald's okay. Because that was, was, that was the worst McDonald's in the world. I actually went yeah. to the McDonald's in 2004. Yeah. And uh, I think my mum wanted something. I didn't have it because I don't eat McDonald's, but, but we went there... 
and it was seriously the worst McDonald's in the world. It was, it was <laughs> like, like McDonald's is normally kind of a high standard. And I was like, oh my God. Well, I wouldn't say high standard, but. Well, no, but it's, same a, it's professional, everywhere. you know, yeah. and it, it's tidy and it's, you know, yeah. it's kind of modern, but not this one. It was pretty crappy. Well, I find it really fascinating about the billboards. That's pretty great. Mm. The sun is strong, John. There are, and there are also, there are two mountain ranges in the island of Oha. There we go. Forget about the seasons. It's pretty much hot all the time. Yeah. The other couple of interesting ones, there are no snakes in Hawaii. Wow. It has mongooses, but. Yes. Yeah. And chickens and roosters roam free. There we go. There you go. I just thought that was interesting about McDonald's and, and the billboards. So there's some, some interesting facts. It's funny, I never picked Hawaii. up on the billboards. But now, I'm, you'll notice it, won't you? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, a, there's a movie a few years ago called um, um, uh, The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. You know the guy who did the um, McDonald's documentary? Michael, was it? Michael no, Morgan Christ? Sherlock. All oh, right. You yeah. know, remember the uh, uh, Super Size Me? Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. ate McDonald's for a month. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Good documentary. He did one about product placement in movies mm-hmm. and about how pretty much movies sell a lot of, make a lot of money from putting product placement in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun look at this this kind of topic. But he goes to a city in Brazil where they have no, mm. and it, it's, it's out of it, you know, like it's pretty cool. It's cool. So that was just an interesting fact on Hawaii because they've got their new 100% oh how coffee out from the North Shore so I thought I was trying to mix a bit of that in there how much would I have to pay you to, to try ride one of those big waves uh, you wouldn't be able to it wouldn't, it, you know, no, I wouldn't do it just a decent I don't want to die yeah pretty much I mean I'd, I'd go and, and try it on maybe like a three metre wave or can something you surf like can I well, I've never tried so. oh, okay. you probably could because you're, you're a fish baby possibly yeah I think I'll put money on you to surf okay uh, I'll put some music on John cool here we go Website of the week. Okay, Jonbo. It's kind of just a Facebook page, really. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't give Facebook website of the week, but John Van Wisser. Well, Facebook kind of is the website of the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm. John Van Wisser. I can't remember if it's John Van Wiss or John Van Wisser. He is. Is it Wiser? No, no. I'm pretty sure it's John Van Wisser. Wait a Well, let's, let's get well, the official statement. Does Google always get things right? Or Apple? They've screwed up the operating system, so I don't know if I'm going to trust them on anything now. Here we go. Come on. Come on, Apple. It's not happening. No, we're getting beeps. So even Apple can't. Oh, announce it. here we go, John. That's why I went wrong. I have to admit, there's one stupid thing about the new John Apple. Weiss. Uh, could be. Yeah. Anyway, Adam, get his surname pronounced. Okay, wait a second. Here we go. Oh, jeepers creepers. Wait a second. Um, there yeah, we go. We Calergice. Adam Calergice. Yep. Wrote, Hi guys, I'm not sure if you've heard this yet or not, but Aussie John Van Wyss, brother of the famous endurance swimmer Tammy Van Wyss, she she did uh, like, pretty sure she did Cuba to Miami sort of stuff. And really? In, in a, either in or not in a shark cage, I can't remember. Is attempting to break the world record for the longest triathlon. Uh, he's basically got a Facebook page. He's not doing it until next August, and it's called the... Um, the, the what attempts to break the wood record the arch to arch arc. to arc so it basically goes from Paris to London now wait a second is it just something he's made up himself like is, is it no, open people have done it before now I don't know if this is if this is a, a race as such um, next August they do they do have an event there but it's more of a team based one that I know you can oh, do it okay. and if you did it as a team based one it's still pretty tricky yeah. but to do this as an individual is 
it's gonna be tricky. Okay, uh, so they run a hundred and forty kilometers. Then so they run first, mm. then they must swim the channel, which is thirty four k's. That's what makes it tricky. Running first. Yeah. Hundred and forty Ks. And then getting in and swimming thirty four. How, how yeah, but that remember thirty four uh, with the tides. With the tides, like I don't know how long it takes, but oh it's probably got it written down here. Uh Double crossing of the English Channel took him 19 hours. So, so let's let's say it's going to take him 10 hours to do the swim. Okay, and then he's got a bike, basically 290 k's. Yeah, so that's pretty straightforward. That's a, that's a walk in the park. Oh, yeah, walk in the park, that is. But... So the world record for this race is 73 hours and 93... Oh, sorry, um, 39 minutes. And so he's trying to beat it. Yeah, so I, I think the most challenging part... Outside of obviously the crazy ass run you do opening up with 140 kilometres, your legs will be toasted and then to get in the water and swim for 10 to 12 hours. How long will it take you to run 140 k's? Well, let's, he's a good runner. Like he, he's, he's, he's sort of, I remember he did Ironman New Zealand one year and got sort of fourth or fifth and he had, he's a really handy runner. Overall, he got overall, he's done an 8.32 in Ironman yeah, New Zealand. So, so when he was twenty twenty five around two thirty thirty nine marathon. So let's say he's a let's say he's a two thirty marathon. So, so he's so a let, good athlete. So call him. So let, let, let's say he does three and a half hour marathon pace for each one. Just just for argument's sake. So yep. he's got to do how many marathons? One, two, three and a half. So nine, ten and a half. I don't know. Ballpark twelve hours. Probably fifteen with a bit of fade. Yeah. So say fifteen for that. Then you're thinking. Assuming you do it continuously. Yeah, well, that's why I'm curious to see how, much, how many breaks they have because if you're going to go 15 hours of running, and it's probably being probably about right, really, by the fade, yeah. you know, the rest yeah. of it. So say about 15 hours, and then we're going to say about 10 hours for the channel crossing. And he's a yeah. strong swimmer, like he's comes oh, out of the first swimmer. out of the water in Ironman World Championships. Yeah, yeah. He's done first out of water with Foster. Um, so he's crossed the English Channel on eight, a record Aussie record of eight hours and seventeen minutes. So, so let's so call it 10, 12, 10, 10 to twelve. Okay, so we'll say twelve. We'll so go, what's going to we'll take him so long? Yeah, that's the thing. They must stop. They must stop. Yeah. So then, and then what? A three hundred k bike ride is going to be ten to twelve hours. So twelve. So call it. Call it. Yeah, call it twelve. And it might be hilly. I don't know. Nine. Carry the one. Drop the yeah, four. Yeah. <laughs> so in theory, they'll be, he'll be exercising for about fifty hours. Yeah. So then, now it's either uh, only slow people have done it in the past. Are you calling other people slow? Well, but based on what we're, we're doing here, yeah. in theory, he should be able to pull off a 50-hour race, mm. um, which is 23 hours faster than, you know, but that's not including transitions, John. Do they yeah. do five hours, 12-hour yeah. transitions? That's yeah. a, you know, like if you, you have a sleep for eight hours in between. Well, the tricky thing is with that crossing is, you know, often you're, you're sitting there waiting for ages yeah. for, the, for, the right, for the right weather. I think it, it must just be luck. you just got to go... We're going in regardless of whatever the weather conditions are like. But, but that's a waste of time, isn't it? Because you end up just swimming on the spot, don't you? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll get him on the show anyway at some stage. We're interested to see. impressive challenge. Oh, yeah. It's not so far that it's one of those stupid, crazy challenges where you just go for days like on end yeah. and you're doing 100 marathons in 100 days and you just, you just, it's just about mental. If this is continuous like that, that's pretty full on. Pretty full on that run. It's a long way. Okay, so the, here are the top five finishes times of all time. Mark Bayless did seventy three hours. Samuel Langmead did eighty hours. Eddie Eat did eighty one. Tom Beaver did eighty five. Good old Beaver. And Julian Crabtree did 
87 hours. Now he's he's aiming to complete the event in less than three days, 72 hours to break the world record. So they must stop. They must they must do a day sleep. Maybe, maybe you do the run, and then you swim the next day, and then you do the bike on the yeah. last day. Yeah, and obviously your sleep is counted as your time, mm. so it's not just race time. Not not like a de- um, ultra. What's the what's the one they do in Hawaii? Ultraman. Ultraman. It's, it's over three days. Yeah, but your combined time is not including sleep, is it? Yes. It's just your racing time, whereas this one, obviously, it's first person to get to the finish line. Mm. It'd be pretty freaky if you swam in the dark. Yeah, but surely they have to. I don't know. Well, surely yeah, lots of people have done. Yeah, yeah, they must yeah. do. It goes for 32 hours. Yeah. Oh, well. Big challenge. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get on a bit. Yeah. Arch to arc. Well done. John Van... One, two, three, four, high five. Jeez, you are pulling some old content out. This is really old. This was sitting in my high fives for a while. Matt Tench sent this through. A bit of a high five on Tanya Pori. He went down there. It was bloody ages ago, so some of this might not be. I had to remove a couple of things because I wasn't quite sure if it was up to date. But uh, I think this is good for just some general advice around if you're going anywhere in Asia, this was some some good tips, and also some of this stuff applies to say coming to New Zealand as well. Because you Northern Hemisphere folk, if you come to New Zealand and you ride on our roads or Asian roads, you're going to get a bit of a shock to the system. So especially Christchurch roads. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a bit of a Tanyapura high five. The roads around Phuket are very picturesque. They are awesome, uh, but can be very confusing. Make sure you load up the tracks onto your Garmin's, print off some maps, and add O maps to your phone iPhone so you can have maps even when your phone is not convert- connected. I look into that OMAPS is that quite good never heard of it John what is it I think it's you can have your maps on your phone so when you're not you haven't got a phone connection oh so if you've you got GPS or something like that you can yeah, still you've got if because you, you can always have GPS yeah. but you can't always have cell reception yeah. so I think it probably acts a bit like a Garmin it still works when you haven't oh, got okay. connection yeah, no, it's only $2.49 I was like are you going to oh, spend some money on an app oh, maybe, maybe have you bought an app already uh, yeah I've bought a couple of apps Oh, which, what, your, your prediction of me getting suckered into Candy Crush? Candy Crush hasn't happened. Neither. I'm stuck on level 23. Oh, yeah. And I know, I'm pretty sure I have to buy things to get on. I'm not, I'm not going past that. <laughs> yeah. I have hardly played it. I've lost the interest now. <laughs> did it beat you, did it? Yeah. It basically beat you. Okay, running. Uh, the running track is 500 metres, not 400 metres, so don't be surprised if your usual splits are off. That's um, number two. No, number, no, apparently that track is awesome. By the way, guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, Tanyapura is a resort, a triathlon resort in Phuket, and it's um, it's amazing. They actually sponsored Legends for a long time, yeah. and uh, it's an amazing place. If you are looking at doing kind of a camp or just a training split, it's a pretty cool place to go. Number three, don't bring your lightweight racing tyres here. I suggest four-season Kevlar reinforced tyre types and a run a lower tyre pressure. Some of the things you need to look out for are potholes, smooth tarmac ending suddenly, often a sharp corners on the hills accompanied by sand and gravel patches, crazy dogs especially when cooler, kids on the road, kamikaze mopeds, kamikaze kids, kamikaze snakes and leaves and moss etc uh, etc et some downhills are pretty steep and cutting a corner may be a good line but you don't know what else is doing the same coming the opposite direction and I've got a, that, I mean I've done a lot of riding in Asia and uh, some of this you may think is negative, it's still a 
very cool place to ride and very different to what other riding have done elsewhere in the world. So is it? main tip is just have a good set of tyres and don't be a dork when you're going up and down or coming down hills. Okay, well, we've also got bring – this is kind of tip four. It's You obviously got rid of four because yep. it's got five, but it's tip number four. Bring everything you need and some spares. Tanyapura is somewhat in the boonies. Bike shops are few and far between. There is a Cannondale station towards – uh, Laguna Phuket Laguna, Laguna Phuket uh, but if you have a particular brand of nutrition then don't forget it drinking water is free at the centre which is great because you'll only you'll get through a lot there will also be lots of sunscreen so make sure you take it and this applies to if you're going anywhere in Asia <clears throat> there's very few bike shops that carry much stuff yeah. so you always want to be prepared and, and as you said chances of them having the exact sports nutrition you have easily yeah. available somewhere highly, highly unlikely, unlikely. Yeah. so just come prepared email in advance to check what hat programs the centre is running you never know who might be dropping in to do some coaching sessions or you might want not want to miss the Zach attack in the pool with Mr Jürgen Zach himself nice. there are a lot of rock stars training there quite often Okay, and finally, don't forget to check out the restaurant on site. The food is delicious. So check it out, guys, tanyapura.com. Awesome place to go train, but you need to just go there prepared. And whilst it's an awesome, awesome venue, it is still in Asia, which has got a few th- few challenges, but kind of make it cool. Some quirks, John. We'll call them quirks. quirks. Yeah, there we go. Cool okay. place to go. Sponsor John, and we're going to be talking about Iron Man Cozumel Start. Yes, so we have... Um, Cozumel coming up, what is it, the weekend after next? I think it's like about the 5th maybe of December. Yep. And Athlinks, if you go into Athlinks, you can put events into your calendar saying they're, they're coming up and you're doing them. You can lay a bit of smackdown talk. And so here's a few people that are doing Ironman Cozumel. T- Scott Horns put down, he reckons he's going to do, he's got a PR of 10.27, but he's going for 9.55. Yes, that's a good goal. And his average is actually 11.12.21, but he's going up, he's stepping up again, John. Mm. Oh, I'm going to do the next one, am I okay? Maybe. Okay, I'll go um, um, Thomas Morgan. He's done five Ironmans. His PR is 10.40. He hasn't actually put his goal time in there, John, but I'm going to say he's going to go sub eight. You think so? Yep, that's my prediction. Catalina Smith, who's from Mexico, she's done a 13.33. She's going for 12.59. Nice. Just get under that time. Yeah. And then we've got, how's that one? Well, I'm going to put out the apple on this one. Wait a second. This name here is an out-of-it-name. Rauf Gatsiui. Well, I'm going to do that again. Hear that? Rauf Gatsiui. Rauf Gatsiui. He's never done an Iron Man, John. Oh. No, but he's aiming for 12 hours. Solid. And that's what he's doing, John. That's how he rolls. He's like, I'm doing it. Matt Borowski, he's going for 10.59, PR of 12.08. Jeez, I've got lots of good names, Big haven't PRs. I? Yeah. What about this one here? Wait a second. John Daltran. Dun- Daltran. John Daltran. He's done 11.49 before, but he's, he's not trying to get this up at 11. He's just 11.15 he's happy with. He's happy with that. Yeah, good, that'd good. be like a you know, 35-minute PB. Nice. John, Jesus, you're right. There's some sh- incredible names here. Another John. John Sacolaris. Let's see what Apple says. John Sacolaris. Sacolaris. Yeah. Wasn't quite right. Wasn't quite yeah, pretty right. Pretty good, pretty good. PR 11.40, going for 10.45. Nice. And then we've got, lastly... I'll go John Marquez. John Marquez. Okay. Marquez. And he's done uh, 13.47.29, John Bo. Average is, oh no, sorry, 13.47.29. Average is 14.18. He's going for a 12.45. Nice. So if you want to put anything uh, in your calendar, you can put a bit of Smackdown talk. You go to athlinks.com, just click on the events tab up the top, and then you type in your event. If it's already listed, 
um, you can just go, yep, click here to add this to my race calendar. Well, then you can perv on people. So if look at Scott Horns. I've clicked on him. Mm-hmm. He's got a great photo. Obviously, I'm thinking it's his, with his daughter. He looks yeah, like he's pretty happy with prob- his daughter. Probably not married to that. Oh, John, that's not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he did a Kona. Oh, very good. He did a Kona, and he did 11.37 in Kona, and then did Florida World Champs as well this year. Nice. He did uh, 5.15. He's done a half marathon. He's done a half marathon in 32 minutes. Maybe that was a 10K option. Or maybe even that's pretty quick for a 10K option. Yeah, maybe it was a 5K. Maybe it was a 7K. He's done Super Race. He's, he's a big, he likes big, big, sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big team, big, sexy racing. Yeah. He did Cozumel last year. He did, let's see, this is what you can do. You can go, he did 11.31 last year in Cozumel, and he's going for a 9.55. Oh, really? So it's a good step up. Yeah, it is a good step up. And then you can, you know, you can delve into this. Well, he's, got, he's got his cone of fitness behind him now, hasn't he? Yes. You know? So this is good. Nice. 15K. He did a 15K in t- uh, 107. Nice. That's pretty solid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's what you can do, John. You, he's had 57 races on here. Goodness. So he's really here. So Scott, he's really got into athletics. He's really got a lot of races. And so we can go right back to 1997. He did Power Man Alabama. <laughs> nice. Didn't know there was a Power Man in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And he did uh, 324. And then he went back the next year to Power Man Alabama in 98. And he did a 322. Two minute PB in two years, a yeah. minute, minute a year. Yeah, that's good. He did the Memphis in May triathlon. He did his first Ironman Canada in 88, 98, 11, 28. So, if, you know, how long is 15 years ago, John? He's still going faster than that now. Exactly. He hasn't faded. No. He's a legend. Oh, so, this is what's crazy. He's obviously just got into it. Kind of always gone on Athlinks, and it's a really, really good way of just checking out your results. So, guys, athlinks.com, check, check. Check it out. Nice. Questions and answers. John, you've obviously put a question out there. Oh, I did. And there's a lot We've of answers. got a bit of a book here, so I'll run through it because I know the sort of sequence. Brad Cooper sent in an email. Quick question. I thought you'd have a decent estimate. Well, we wouldn't have done that. We would just go, <laughs> but oh, we, we think it's this. But, but we know the people to ask. Yeah. That's the key. If you included both WTC and independent challenge half full distance events worldwide, how many unique participants do you have in a full half or full each year? That's uh, a pretty big question. So it's actually I, unique. Like you, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sorry. So I, I popped an email um, over to, to our two resident statis- statisticians who do yes. some great work. So we've got Russell Cox from uh, Coach, Coach Cox, Cox, and he's got another website. .co.uk, is it? It, it is, yeah, but that. Coach Cox has got another... Another website, I think maybe trained by numbers and stuff. I'll, I'll check that out in a moment. Because he he, uh, he does um, more age group analysis, and I also popped it through to Torsten, but Torsten does more for Torsten from tri-rating. They complement each other perfectly, don't yeah, they? Torsten does the pro stuff. Russ tends to do the analysis saying, right, this is sort of trends within this race, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is what where the qualifying's at. How did that compare to previous years? So Russ came back with some good answers. Uh, it's not an easy one to answer. The information is available on Ironman results and challenge results is generally not enough to identify every unique individual at least with not with absolute certainty I did a little work on this last year looking at Kona qualifiers but it's a very manual process um, he did it, it did his work might suggest that in 2012 that at WTC full Ironman distance race events there were probably an order of around about 53 to 54,000 unique athletes from a total of 60,500 or so athletes who signed up. So, so we don't get many people doing two? 
Yeah, so his stats were saying you don't get a massive amount. He said the vast majority appear to do one full, a minority do, do two, and after that it's a tiny proportion that race anymore. Um, being Kona, this is probably not reflective of Ironman in general though. You could argue that multiple Ironmans are less likely among non-Kona qualifiers, uh, they are less hardcore but equally you could argue that there are likely many trying for Kona and not making it who have raced multiple times to achieve this so you're sort of putting that number yeah ballparking it around about that sort of 50,000 mark for 53,000 so yeah that's quite a lot so so what, what, let's, let's do some math here mm-hmm. so you, what was the number around about 50,000 okay 50,000 oh that's individuals how many people actually race each year how many people I think he said 60500 Okay, and what would we say the average price for an Ironman is? We'll say so 750 US? Yeah. 750 isn't that much? I think so. Is it really that much in Arizona? I think so. Wow, okay, 750 So 750 to do an Ironman times 65000 Now, I know, look, I know this cost and all the rest of it, but that is $48 million. Mm-hmm. And that's just Iron Man. That's not including the challenge. Yeah. So you got and all non, you know that that's I don't know. And that, and it's you know that's not of cost and all risk. It's just what you're bringing in. But it's not bad. It'd be two thirds to three quarters of the market, wouldn't it? Iron Man. Yeah. I would have thought for long course. For long course, there's not that many challenge races. Yeah. No, I'd I'd say probably higher than two thirds. Mm, I'd say three, three yeah, quarters. Yeah, pretty for sure. So Torsten said uh, your Kona numbers are still indicating an average of 1.3 well, six not, races. Maybe there are quite a few successful challenge races. There is. How many races are there on the Ironman calendar about? I think it's about 35, okay, I so think. Okay, so we said 35. And I think. how many challenge long distance ones are there? But challenge do do the all, all different yeah. events, don't they? I wouldn't have, I'd be surprised if challenge had more than, say... 10? Yeah, I would have thought 10 at the most. Yeah. Wrote... Wanaka, New One in America, Elmira. in Australia. That's a half. Oz, Oz only half. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd say you'd struggle to get to 10 fulls for, for Challenge. And then you've got a bunch of other ones. And uh, Challenge with the race, like we look at Wanaka, Wanaka's a really successful race, but it's, it has your half, it has your teams mm. and all the rest of it. So of their full competitors, have probably got about 500 competitors. Max. Yeah. So, you know, so whereas Ironman New Zealand pulls off probably 1,300, 1,400. Mm. Um yeah, so yeah, so probably it's probably three quarters, two thirds, something like that. Yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah, so about yeah, fifty thousand active, fifty-ish thousand active Ironman athletes. Let's let's call it fifty-five. But do you call them athletes? Because how many of those do you reckon are one and dones? Well, I know the percentage in New Zealand is quite high. Yeah, first time doing Ironman, and, and but but one and dones. I mean, like mm. you know, like how many people do we know who do? Like it's probably bit, probably a bit skewed for us because we know lots of people who race a lot, but you know how many people in Ironman New Zealand? You know you'll probably see it every year with the triathlon club or people in the community who you see one year and you never see again, mm. or you know. So really, when we think about, it, I wonder what percentage of those fifty thousands are what we call on long term athletes, mm. and then may, maybe medium term and one and doneers. Like mm. I think one and doneers probably at least half of them. Oh, I think I wouldn't have thought it's that many. But I don't know, that's just a guess. Yeah. 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 Good stuff, though. Thanks, Russell and Torsten. Okay. um, So wait a second. So when did this stop? Because you you had lots here. Uh, It stops down by the blue writing. So Brad Cooper? No, that was was it. Uh, So I've got a 
Um, we've got Lee from Tritopia who is doing Ironman Lanzarote next year and he has got a little training camp that he's putting on there in February next year. It's basically sort of a, an epic style camp. If you want to go check that out, go to tritopia.com and it's going to be good. Lee, Lee's basically got his place in France and then he's going over there doing a training camp, got it all sorted out. You're basically going to go pretty hardcore every day for around about a week and uh, and he's, he's using it as perfect prep for for the race. Pretty well priced too, so check it out guys. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll put a link to that in our show so notes on, if, you're, if you're... If you're interested in going to Lanzarote in February for a good solid week-long camp, go try, try-topia.com and we'll have a link on the website as well. We've got an email here from Curtis just saying, Curious, have you heard about the issue with the guy who won Ironman Florida and not having the USAT legal helmet? I guess Ironman has different helmet rules for Kona and Vegas since they were the, are at the world champs and have a larger percentage of foreign athletes and the helmet rules are vary around the world. The winner of Ironman Florida wore the same helmet at Kona uh, as the winner of Kona, sorry, and there was talk about him being disqualified. Do you think the helmet rule should be consistent for all Ironman races? And what do you think would happen if he crashed and got a serious head injury? So it would be interesting because it was Victor Del Corral who, who won again, as we said earlier in the show, in Florida, and then he backed it up in Arizona, and I'd love to know if he was wearing the same helmet. I would doubt it very, very much. Um, even though you don't get a lot of prize money, hopefully it'd be enough to go and buy a new helmet. But anyway, he didn't get disqualified. He did have an illegal helmet when he did Florida, and he did not get disqualified. That's about as far as we know. And I don't know what would happen if he got a serious head injury. That's, well, a, that's the thing you've got to be really careful about. But the thing about. is, we know his helmet wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, but, but that's a rule, and if you don't follow your rules and something happens, that's when you get in the poo. It's really a, big time. It's a really funny one, isn't it? It's one of those ones where... How anal do you need to be as a race organizer? Mm. Like in America, it's so litigious, mm. isn't it? So you know, so like it's- I would, be, I think it'd be fair to say that if he had an accident, they would be getting their ass sued like you wouldn't believe because he didn't have a sticker, didn't have a sticker, and I don't know whether that should be his responsibility. Or but not. then at the same time, I'm glad they didn't ban him for it. Totally, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, like in theory, as you say, like they put them, he puts them in a vulnerable position, which isn't necessarily, you know, that's that's not good for WTC and so you could see that well you know they shouldn't have been racing but at the same time that didn't influence the race it didn't but yeah, that's the thing so why, why do you have it? insurance and all that sort of but stuff but then why surely why didn't they check that before the race yes like because I know when you're in New Zealand you have to have your helmet checked mm. and I know I had to buy a new helmet one time because mm. one of my helmets had a crack which I was trying to disguise yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and, and you know what? It was so, so bad. I had to buy a new helmet. And, you know, like, surely that should have been picked up on before the race. Mm. And I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. That he got away with it is probably the more interesting thing. Do, do, should there be a consistent. I think it just it deals with your. your. It's just if, if that's what the rules that you're. Whether it's your national body or whether it's the. You know, your state law, you just got to work within the, the laws. I don't think they're trying to be particularly difficult about it do like in new zealand is there rules around triathlons of helmets no but if you put it in your rules you've got to stick with it yeah it's a funny one isn't it mm. so that's the thing you've got to be really careful so if there were to be a consistent rule maybe the consistent rule is you have to have your helmet checked because all we care about is that you're safe and but you can't check a helmet like you know you don't know the structural stability of a, of a helmet just by giving a little squeeze if it's broken obviously you'll figure it out but if it's not if it hasn't gone through crash testing and all that sort of stuff oh no but they're not going to do that but no. but 
really, if you can, you know, a lot of people you can just squeeze their helmets if you can see if there's weakness there. Mm. And but, but sure, like I'm sure that 99.9 percent of the helmets that are sold in the market are good helmets. You'd hope so. Well, <laughs> surely. So some dodgy things out there these days. Oh, I mean, imagine if you sold bed helmets. Yeah. What kind of person are you? Yeah. $2 shop. Yeah. <laughs> when I go to Asia and they were at those mopeds, yeah. some of the helmets they use there and you think, really? Why bother? Exactly. And at the same time, it's such crazy driving over mm-hmm. there. Oh, man. Okay, well, so the conclusion is, John, what? Uh, Should there be consistent rules? Well, I think, yes. It would be nice if there was. There you go. Okay. That was life changing. Yeah. Pete Colson sent through a really good clip, John. Um, Which I haven't seen. It's it's so Tom Warren won I think he won the second Ironman, didn't he? I believe it was something like that. Now when you when you hear about the history of the sport, and if you like the history of the sport, you need to listen to the Legends of Triathlon, but you know, don't want to plug ourselves too much. But if you hear about the history of the sport, the, the, the thing that really seemed there's two things that seemed to make it really big. The first was the Sports Illustrated article. Mm. There was an article in Sports Illustrated magazine, I think around 1980, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of the mad people and kind of, you know, marathoners, the people who were considered mad at that time looked at it and thought, wow, this event seemed really crazy. Mm-hmm. And that appealed to that market. And then the second thing that really took, you know, tipped it over the tipping point was the 1983, was it? Julie Moss? Julie Moss, whatever year. Yeah. yeah. So Julie Moss basically, you know, hit the crawl to the finish and it was, you know, it was um, put on ABC, I think, in America and it mm-hmm. became, made the sport really what it is today. And before that, you had Gordon, who was the guy we had on Gordon Legends? Haller. He won the first one. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the next guy was a guy called Tom Warren. Now, Tom Warren won it in 79. Yeah. So that would have been the second, second one. Yeah, yeah. And he actually got quite a bit of PR. So there's an interview that uh, Pete Colson sent through on YouTube of Tom Warren on The Tonight Show with, who was the guy, Carson? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, which Johnny, was the, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, which was like the biggest show in America mm. at the time. So, And it's an interview with him and Johnny Carson interviewing him and, and just nothing's known about the sport at all. Mm. And it's just a really interesting time. Cool. Yeah, like Tom Warren wasn't that fast. I think he did like 11 hours. Like, mm. you know, it was it was really when Dave Scott came along where the speeds got faster, wasn't mm. it? Because I think Dave was about nine and a half when he first came along, wasn't he? I can't remember, but yeah, he, yeah. he stepped it up quite a bit, quite quickly. Yeah. And, um, but there's a good little interview of Johnny Carson interviewing Tom Warren. Cool. And I'll chuck it on our, our website, www.imtalk.me. It's just quite funny, you know, like, most people don't know about our sport nowadays, but imagine what it was like back yeah. in those days. And, yeah. and Johnny Carson's, you know, quite funny. And so I'll check it out. It's, it's, I'll put it on the website. It's a pretty good watch. Very good. We also had an interview to hear from Mike Threadgold. He's just saying, John, you're thinking of a beer? Kind oh, of- it's gold. I had an ex- extremely fast run the other day, and I just thought beer is behind me. <laughs> run, run, run. Oh, you're screwed, John. Beer can run 35 miles an hour. Somebody else pointed that out to me. They run pretty fast. 35 miles? Yeah. How long would it take them? About 10 seconds? Yeah. You're gone? You'd be that day's lunch. How fast does Usain Bolt run? Okay. Not that I'm going to be running that fast. Okay, well, let me pull up. You talk about something else for a second, I'll find out. How fast, what speed I'll put, what speed does a bear does, no, no, Usain, Usain Bolt, Bolt run? Does Usain Bolt reach? Well, he, does, he does 10 seconds first. So over 100 metres, he'd do 10 miles. 100 miles? 100 seconds. He runs about 40 seconds. Okay, Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt, Usain Bolt. Um, he would, I'm going to put my money on him outrunning the beer. According to Fox News, humans who roughly run at about 23 miles per hour at their max 
can reach phenomenal speeds around 40 miles per hour. There you go. So you some bolt. Wait a second. Bolt covered the course starting at 23 miles per hour. However, he dashed to 60 miles per hour. There you go. You bears have got no chance. <laughs> no chance. 60 miles per hour at the 80, 80 meter mark. Yeah. Last no, night. that can't be right. No, sorry. No, 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 sorry, John. Uh, no, uh, so he dashed to, okay, yeah, blah, blah, 27 miles per hour. Oh, really? Yeah, miles. So what's that in kilometers? Well, this is saying it's bears 35 miles per hour. So a mile was 1.6, isn't it? 1.6. So if we go. Four, let's call it 40. Call it, it'll, just be just, it'll be just over 40. Well, I'm going to do officially, 40, John. 43. 25. 1.6. 44, 43. 44.464, John. Righty-ho. Just when we get effectual about it. Yeah. 44 k's an hour. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever jumped on a treadmill and gone as fast as you can? No. We had this discussion last week. No, 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 we didn't. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we did. No. We did. No, we didn't. We did. <laughs> Maybe we did. But, okay, 40, 40 k's an hour is pretty quick, but isn't it? Yeah. I did. We, we Last night, we, I was having a terrible run, and we had a couple of 200-meter build-ups. And I think I was doing, like, 17 seconds of 200 meters with a tailwind. <laughs> 17 seconds for 200 meters? Oh, not 17 That's seconds. That's a record, no, John. Uh, 37 seconds for 200 meters. Oh, really? And with thought, a tailwind? Yeah. With a little bit what of What do you do 200 meter sprints for? Oh, they're not sprints. They're just build-ups. So oh. in between some okay. 1K reps. So I was like, yeah, it's not very fast. <laughs> I'm not going to be outrunning any bear at that It breaks your heart when you do that. Like I was doing some 400s on the track a while ago. I was timing myself. I felt really good that day. I took my time. And you go home, you look at the world records, and you're just a schmuck. We don't even look at the world records. You look at the chicks running in New Zealand. And, yeah. And, you know, you can't run under 60 seconds for 400 metres. That's pretty crap. Yeah. I would be lucky to get... 70 seconds oh yeah you'll be lucky alright that's pretty quick yeah for one one lap all out I think a bit of training specific training you get there but not much quicker oh man anyway. and 400 metres is a suck distance eh? anyway Bevan because it just hurts I got my concrete getting poured today I've got to keep you got moving. concrete getting poured yeah around my swimming pool bloody well better be anyway why's that what do you mean well, why, why, why? it's all getting fixed it's going to look spectacular well, what do you mean Concrete is getting poured. It's all been dug up. Everything, the mesh, the, the, the reinforcing's down. It's all happening. Oh, really? And I've got to be there and make sure they don't cock it up. Do you have a place for your kids to play other than the pool? You don't have much of a yard, do you? Oh, we've got grass here out the back. Do, 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 is it enough? Yeah, enough to kick a ball around. Because if we had kids, we wouldn't have no room to no, play. That's, what, that's a big, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You, bought, you bought a lemon. Well, no, because we're not going to have kids. Uh-huh. So that's the key strategy. Yeah. Put it in. Sell it now. Let some other schmuck get it. Yeah. I get John's sponsors. Coffeesofwai.com. Um, the world's best coffee. Ath- no snakes. No advertising. Athlinks.com. Um, Scott Horns. Yes. There you go. And Stream Endurance. Stream Endurance. Um, nice. Bidal. Bidal, Jonbo. Jonbo, what's your goss? How's training going, John? You don't seem in your oh, happy place. I've had a bit of a rough few weeks, actually, really. Not um, going, I'm not in my happy place. This is probably my most, uh, stressful is not the right word, but this week is, is a lot of crap to get done this week before my race at the weekend. So yep. I'm getting a bit sick and just, yeah, going through a bit of a rough patch on the train. Not stressed about it, but just just having to focus a bit more. How many weeks? So it's what, five weeks, six weeks to, no, say two months to Auckland, isn't it? Yeah, about that. Well, it's going to come around soon, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got some hard work to do between now and then, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. It's not stressing. Not stressing. You know, not, not stressing at all. No, Jesus, not stressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'll be right. I just need to get my get my crap together, and after this week, I should be uh, getting them in a much better place. 
So I had an awesome set of Mount Pleasant Hill reps the other day. That's the thing. You got to. Oh, a guy called Tim. Tim was doing Hill reps. Tim McClurk? Yeah. yeah. I, think it was Tim. I don't know him, but. Yeah. Because I, I, like, Tapuna knows him quite well. Yeah, yeah. And we were, we were finishing our ride after we climbed over all those fences to get over those bloody boulders. Yeah. And he was flying down the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is he a pretty good athlete? Yeah, I gave him the program to go and do that. Oh, ah, yeah. So what do you do? Because, George, do you ride and then run? People can check that out. They go to my blog from, say, last. I'll do it, John. Coach John Try Project 2014 or something? Coach John Project 2014.com. Would have been last Thursday I did them. So it's a great session. You are, so it takes me 15 minutes to get to the bottom of the hill. You warm up from to, home from home to get there. And then the climb itself is, yeah, well, you pull it up when you, when you get there. Yeah, the climb itself takes... So where do you go to Solaris or do you go... No, no, you go way past that. To Monkspur? Yeah, just past that. Okay. It takes me, I think, really good ride is about 12 and a half minutes. Oh, Newsome! Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, keep talking. <laughs> yeah, so it takes about 12 and a half to 15 minutes um, to do the bike ride. Hide Here we your, go. Hide you your bike your photos. That's right. Yeah. Hide your bike in the bushes, and then you run to the top of the the summit road where Bevan went to earthquake zone, which takes seven to seven to eight minutes, sort of thing. Turn around, straight back down, do it all again. And the climb on the bike, you, aver- you did well on yours. Yeah, averages about eight eight percent. Took 8. you fourteen 4%. minutes the first set, and then seven forty three run. Second set thirteen minutes, and a seven twenty run. And in the third set, you smacked it out, John. Watts of 314, 1232, and then you did a 708 run. Yeah. So 20 minutes is the sort of the benchmark for having a good rep. If you can beat 20 minutes combined time. Really? You're doing okay for that rep. So it's bloody good. What do you feel like after that? I don't feel too bad. It's it's just a great way to get, you know, you've basically got about. An hour, get a good quality session. An hour of quality within a two and a, two and a quarter, two and a half hour session. It's great. I love it. So. And you've got good transitions as well, don't you? I don't include transition times. Oh, well, that's a bit of a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> because you could piss around and find that rest. Okay, wow. now smash this run. You're only cheating yourself. Do you have urgency in your transition? We have urgency. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tim was smacking it. Yeah. I, I reckon he would have maybe got some sub-20s out based on his well, running. Well, Tim led me, led me out of the swim in Ashburton. He was my lead-out man for the last little bit of the swim. And How he, did he go in Ashburton? Uh, he did okay. He was, he was a week after five passes, so he was a bit tired. But then... He's really strong on the bike too. Yeah, sure. I was saying that he smacked the bike, didn't I he? Thought, Sweet, I'm going to have somebody to ride with. Get 15k into the turnaround, and there's like, like nobody there. I'm like, what the hell did you do back there? And he had a bit of a picnic in T1. Oh, did he? Yep. So anyway, well, he was looking sharp on the hills. Middle, mm. he was doing that kind of perfect decline. Yeah. You know, when the first bit of Mount Pleasant, when you're coming down, it's just mm. a nice decline. But he was he was smoking it. Yeah. So I don't know many of the triathlon community now. Yeah. Like I felt bad because I was like, oh, maybe I should know this guy. Well, you've got to come along on Sunday night to the prize giving. I need to. I need phone a friend. I need phone lots of people to come along on Sunday. If you're listening and you're in Christchurch and you didn't race, Machina Machina Lounge. Oh, Machina. Casino, That's pretty flash, John. At the casino from 4:45 on on Sunday. Please come along. I need lots and lots of people there. There'll be great drinks and food specials. You don't need to have done the race. Good catch Just up. a bit of a social catch up. I need lots of people there. Okay, Sunday night. So training's going average, but I have some great sessions in there to complement things so to be honest John, i don't even really care about your training i've seen this photo here mm. oh the races but it is looking lovely you look a bit yes. drunk yeah i'm just a little tired you got the drunk eyes on look at you yeah. look at you look yeah, here I've, I've had a look yeah it was pointed out established do you get the drunk eyes there yeah so so, so 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 wait a second first of all love the tie i didn't expect you to wear a bright tie yeah right nice yeah the this top button's undone a little it was getting a little hot <laughs> <I think laughs> it was hot was it yeah 
Saturday, yeah, it was hot Saturday, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Paul and I were riding hills. That's why I got my cycling tan. Nice. So, Jombo, you, you, what was it? Three and 13? Three and 12. Three and 12. Five Stuck times each. strategy. Uh, varied a bit. Cocked it up on one race. Oh, what went wrong? So, we went for a, a box Quinella on one race. What's a Quinella, John? Two. You've got to get the two. So, you can have four horses, and if you get two, two of them get first and second, you win. Oh, really? So went for a box Quinella because my number 12 was looking a bit ropey. I thought, oh, okay, we'll just do this thing, a bit different. Number 12 wins, paying like something stupid to win. Oh, really? And so I missed out on that one. Why did you do that? Last week you said, I always stuff up when I don't stick to my plan. I do. Yeah. Oh. Three and 12. Anyway, we ended up being- How'd your box Quinella go? We, I don't know if we got that one, but we got we got one Cornell. We got forty two bucks for so a six six dollar bet. We got forty two bucks nice, back. Nice, we solid. Yep. Another one. We didn't really do our research. We just picked a few, picked a few horses. Got the Cornell. Six dollar bet. We got four dollars eighty back. Wow, <laughs> man! You just nailed it. <laughs> so overall, were you up or down? Fourteen dollars down. I counted my money this time before I went. That's that's all right. Fourteen I was, bucks. I was pretty happy with that. And pretty did you get happy. pretty drunk? Um, not overly. Drank a fair amount, but I didn't end up getting particularly drunk. But, yeah, did Belinda get drunk? Uh, no, she What's didn't. What's Belinda like when she's drunk? Um, it's classified information. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Kona next year, I might see her drunk. Yeah. Because the post-Kona party. didn't want to see her drunk in Kona this year. Because she was spewing yeah, and everything. Yeah. She dropped your phone and wine, didn't she? Uh, computer. Computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. That's a lovely photo of you. Well, it's a lovely photo of Belinda. Your drunk eyes don't help. Right. If you didn't have your drunk eyes on, that would be a beautiful photo. You need to wake up. Any other photos? Uh, not recently. I've been a bit slack on the photos. Oh, I've got one on there in the Mount Pleasant Rep yeah, somewhere. Yeah, you've got your bright yeah. shoes on. Yep, yeah, yeah. Righty-ho. Even what's been happening in your world? No, I've got for you. What's up this week? I've got the race this week. That's This all. week, Festival of Triathlon, guys. If you're not doing it, lock it in. Come along. Yes. Weather forecast has just changed. It's not going to rain anymore. Never trust long range, John. Never, you haven't had much luck with the weather that race, have you? We haven't had a terrible day, but we haven't had a good day. Yeah. See, mine is saying 18 degrees. Overcast, just a little bit. One or two showers, light winds, 19. It'll be fine. Good. Never trust long range. Mm. Joe loves the weather. She loves it. She'll look at the weather. Seriously, when she got her iPhone, Mitsubishi app, it's like porn to her. She just mm. checks it all the time. And so, and, and then she'll go to me, oh, babe. This sad day, it's not looking good. It was like Monday. My babe never trusts the long range. Kiwi. And then by sad day, it's totally changed and it's fine. Kiwis love their weather forecasts. Uh, just in my head. It's my, I, I bug my parents. If I really want to piss them off, I will call them right when the weather forecast is Because <laughs> that is their big thing. Go right. Calling them now, 658. See, what we do is, because nowadays you've got those recordable boxes, when we watch the news, we'll watch pretty much the first segments we we don't watch the, the weather bit in the first bit because it's just about today's weather who cares we know what happened today yeah but then i do sport joe will disappear mm-hmm. and then weather comes on and i go clean up right yeah it's, it's kind of our, our structure of the news nice okay john um my goss joe went away for the weekend nice she had a 40th mm-hmm. and uh, i had the house to myself for four days craziness i know man it was just wild parties the whole time I was wondering See all those stains on the yeah, floor? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a thousand people in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I was pretty bored. Mm. Yeah, I like having my partner around. Okay. Because when I was living by myself, I had flatmates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And on Friday, it was a public holiday, mm. and I didn't really have much plans, so I kind of sat around home all day. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm pretty bored. Yeah. Jumped on a piano for a little bit. It was a bit boring, really. Should have come to the races. 
Well, no, because Saturday we did the bike ride. Saturday was working. Okay. Saturday was fine. And then Saturday we had a barbecue Saturday night. Nice. The repose. So it was good fun. Yeah. And then um, watched David Tour's fight. Oh, did you? That was a waste of my life. <laughs> so you pay for that? Well, pay no, luckily, you. luckily, Ripo did. The guy who heard the Barbie paid him. When I was like, oh, look, I'll give some cash. He said, oh, no, it's 40 bucks. So he did, I didn't pay for it, but I'm glad I didn't put any money towards it. God, yeah. that was a waste of time. <laughs> oh, seriously, it was boring and nothing happened, and so it was pretty boring. And then uh, Sunday, Joe came home, and I was happy yeah. again. And did you watch the All Blacks uh, no, England? No, I didn't. Did you watch it? I did. Was it a good game? Thomas is right into his rugby now. We can watch rugby together. Oh, good stuff. Um, was it a good game? It was okay. I was getting a little worried there that you bloody Poms were going to beat us for a while. Nothing worse than the Poms beating you. Oh, there is nothing worse, especially when they beat Rubby. us last I year. Know, last year, well, there was. You have to admit, the new coaching team is pretty good. Oh, They've yeah. had 30 games and have only lost one. Yeah. They must be the most successful sports team in the world right now. I think they're doing pretty well. Not just rugby. But what other team never loses? This year, they haven't lost a game. No, we've got one to go, and that should be pretty strong. That's the Irish. The <laughs> and the, the Irish have never beaten us, John. Yeah, I know. It must suck if you play a team and you've never beaten them. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're pretty good at it. The Irish? Yeah. Yeah, they're right. They're not bad. They're not the best team ever. Yeah. <laughs> Brian O'Driscoll just spear take him out of the game. That's right. He's old anyway now. He didn't even play in the Lions last game. Right, Bevan. I still haven't got a Legends podcast sorted out. I thought we had Matt Brick on. Oh, I haven't got it sorted. Do you know, why don't we get Dan on from Slow Twitch? Yeah, that's easy said and done. Why? I've emailed him before. And did not reply? I once did. Well, what happened? He hasn't gone anywhere. We'll get it sorted out. Okay. So <laughs> crap I have to put up with, team. What else am I, what am I up to this week? Ask me what I'm up to this week. I already have. No, you didn't. didn't you I? said what you've been up to. Okay, what are you up to this week? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> big day on Sunday. On Sunday, I've got a big week actually because I've got um, working. And I'm, I'm flying to Wellington on Friday. Yeah. Got a bit of work in Wally on set day. Mm-hmm. John. Mm-hmm. Pretty proud. Mm-hmm. You know how I write for the press? Yeah. I'm a local columnist. Being syndicated. I'm being syndicated, John. <laughs> the Dominion Post. If you live in Wellington now, Andrew Kerr, mm-hmm. you can every Wednesday, second biggest day of the week. There you go. Then you sit in Christchurch on Monday on Thursday. Oh. I know. I tell you what, if you get put on Tuesday, you know you're going downhill. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Is Tuesday a waste of time? Sport, well, I suppose it's more the sport pages. Tuesdays, if you want to put a press release out, you always do it on um, Mondays or Tuesdays because there's n- nothing in. on Tuesdays, no news. But then no one reads the paper on a Tuesday. Mm. But Thursday is a little bit better than Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But Wednesday, John, when they Wednesday. said to me, yeah. I got the email from the Dominion Post and they're going, we like your pieces. We want to use them in the Dominion Post. Well, I don't get paid anymore, which mm. broke my heart a little bit. Right. Because it's all under Fairfax, but hey. Yeah. And, uh, and so they said, look, with Dominion Post, we, our reach is massive. Even goes to Taupo, our Taupo listeners. Right. On a Thursday, on a Wednesday, make sure you buy the Dominion Post. Right. And they said, we love your work, Bevan. We love it. It's the only reason I get the press subscription still going. Do you still get the press? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I don't like reading news online. Wow. I love the newspaper. Do you? Yeah. I got the press for years. I shouldn't say this. I work for the press. <laughs> Why don't John keep getting the press? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they feed my family. Although, John, do you know what's really weird about me in the press? What's really weird about I'm, you in the I'm press? One of the, I'm one of the biggest columnists in the press. Sure get, you are. Get yep. my picture there. So yep. much so I'm there in the Dominion Post. Do you mm. know what happens, John? They cut your pay. No, I never get invited to the Christmas party. <laughs> oh, 
I never get invited. Not once have they invited me. I, you, someone you at the don't gym. Work there. Was it? You don't work I there. I work for the press. <laughs> you don't work there. When people think of the press, they think of Bevan James Isles. Yeah, that's my first thought. Every Thursday, you open the press and go, "Where's Bevan's segment?" Don't you? Yeah, exactly. Right. And I don't see John. I've actually, I actually think. If, now that I'm in the Dominion Post, this is Bevan's rant of the week. By second the way. biggest newspaper in New Zealand, probably the biggest, really, the Herald. Herald would have to be the biggest. When I get to the Herald, John, I know I've really made it. Mm, mm. But now I think I may have even gone up a, a level on celebrity mm-hmm. status because mm-hmm. I've always called myself like a Z. How's that um, boxing fight? That celebrity boxing coming along? No, I don't want to do that because <laughs> I was talking to Blair Norton from One News. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. He's Blair and I. We're always battling for that celebrity status. Yeah, he's probably higher than me, really, isn't he? Uh, nationally, yes. Yeah, but Dominion Post might help me. Yeah. If I can get in the Herald, mm. see, the, the, pla- the here's the ultimate plan, John. Mm. My goal is to be a household name. Yeah. And, and and the only reason I want to be a household name is because I want to be like a, a Jamie Oliver where I can use my influence to help people. Mm. So so Dominion Post, get my book out next year. Mm-hmm. Now, the book out, talking to my publishers, pretty much close in the sign on the line, John. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, oh, we'll get you on the Sunday show. Oh, I'm on the Sunday show, John. That's household name. That is household That's name. That's household name. Everybody watches Sunday show. Sunday show. So if I can get on a Sunday show, household name. I don't. If, if I don't see the Sunday show each week. Life's over. It is. It really is. So I don't, Sunday's a pretty high, high bar to set for, but I'm going to try to do it. I think that's why my training's not going so well. You've been watching, been watching it? The and you've been reading my Thursday pieces, have you? Yes, that is it. See, there you go, John. But then if I can get to, if I can get to like C grade celebrity, mm-hmm. then what I can do is I can influence more people, John. Right. And I can have a better impact on the world. And that's all I want to do, John. It's not about Good my life. ego. Yeah, nothing to do I with that. I didn't even have an ego, John. No, nothing to do with that. No, no, no. I don't no. care that people always tell me they love my pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll go there. Yep. When it was the Dominion Post, I wanted to say, can I make? Can you make sure I'm God, you've in there? I've had this topic out to go on for ages. Well, I was just about to ready to close my computer and get home to my concrete. No, floor. because it takes you ten minutes to close your computer. Yeah, I know. If you don't want to get my pieces, pencil slamming going. If you don't want to get my there is in there. If you don't want to get my pieces because they're pretty popular, they're now yeah. in the Dominion Post. Even I'd like a bit of your piece. Back it up. Just waiting for my opening there, Bevan. <laughs> Go to my website, bevanjamesowers.com. Yeah. And like, I've got a new Facebook page because, because John, when you're, oh. when you're Zipco celebrity. You go 5,000 people. You can't get any more. So I've started a new more. page. Yeah. Bevan James Owls. And I've only got 400 friends and I want more. Because if I want to be. How many okay. friends should. Here I go. Are you going to like my page? Here I go. Here I go. Yeah. Good, John. You do that. So, and everyone else do that as well because, like, you know, I'm trying to get to C grade celebrity. So there you go. And the only reason I'm doing it, John, is because so I want to be like it? James Oliver. Be- Bevan James Isles? Go to my website.com. Yep, bevanjamesisles.com. Oh, bevanjamesisles.com. Yep. I think it may even be Bevan Isles as well. I think I bought all the domains, as you do. Yeah. No, cost you heaps for domains, doesn't it? Stupid thing I did with my business was call my business Get Up to Five. Yeah. Because how many variations of that can you have? Oh, my God. <laughs> it costs us like yeah. 400 bucks a year for domain names. How to get the best out of Martin Nono. There you, you go. Do you know I'm well, do you? Well, I do, actually. And he said to me, this is a great article, Bevan. Hating yourself, a good strategy for success. That was a popular piece. That's Thomas's favourite player because he's so identifiable. He's just Manono's got it. Go, go, oh, go. He's, so clear. he's got the rugby cards and stuff. And he goes, Manono's got it. There he is. Yeah. Like, Manono's. Well, this is an interesting piece because I talk about how right, Manono is. He's like a legendary All Black mm. and not very good anywhere else. No, like seriously, guys. If you don't know much about rugby, Manono, Manono. Ma no, no. But it's a funny, it's, you'd say mana, wouldn't you? What, what does Apple say? 
Apple says, Bevan, you've got. Sorry. I've got what? You got four hundred and fifty-three now. I know. I only, I I only started you. two days ago, so I'm pretty happy with that. But I, really, I should have. I, I think I should have thirty thousand. Yeah. So, please go onto my Facebook page and like my page, and then you'll get my pieces. And Mana Nonu, he oh, loves my pieces. So am I getting your pieces on my Facebook now? No, no. Oh, you might. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you've already read them on the press on Thursday, <laughs> hey. That's right. <laughs> and if you're in Wellington, Andrew Kerr. Who else is in Wellington? Swanee's in Wellington. Swanee? Oh, Swanee's going to love it. Swanee, you will love this. Every Wednesday, well, Swanee, what I want you to do, and they better put my photo in there because in the press I get my photo there. Every Wednesday, Swanee, we'll tell your workmates at the ANZ. Do you still work at ANZ? I think so. Yep. Just turn to the people and go, oh, I know this guy. Mm. And make that your in-joke. Um, you should be paying Bruce Wilson commission on that photo that you use of it in our I Am Talk podcast, Juicy, that you use, that the press uses. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, because we paid for that. We did. We, yeah, no, we own that photo. Yeah. We, we, yeah, he's got no copyright on that. Bruce Wilson. He's left us anyway. Where's he now? Australia. What's he doing in Australia? Who knows? Working in the mines, is he? Probably. So we used to work at the airport. I used yeah. to love it. You go to the airport, we still Bruce. We've got to finish this show off. i got to go. We love you, Bruce, but... Well, people want to hear about the Minion Post. They've heard, I, 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 they've heard enough. About I've heard the Dominion Post sales are going to go through the roof yeah. on the Wednesdays, yeah. just for the record. Hey, I'm Russ. I'm in Train hard. Train smart. Kia. Kia. Kia.